Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 6th of September 2020. And again, of course, I always ask that you hold on to your sanity as we go through these times. Again, I was just thinking before I started yapping away there about the Matrix movie and how it gave you a, an idea of a system that coexists within another system and it's all manufactured by outsiders, you would say, to serve their own purpose, where people really are raised to be batteries because you take energy from the people to run the whole system in the matrix. And it's not too far from the truth in a certain way, uh, an analogy, because um, everything comes from us. You You take all these multi-billionaire corporations, even trillionaire ones they have today, and they really do have multi-trillionaires at the very, very top. And all the money comes from us. You know, whatever is made is made by labor of all kinds and raw resources. So they take over raw resources of the world to make their products and so on. And uh, including the, the food, I've mentioned this so many times before, the, their food supply is run by only a handful of, of international corporations, the bulk of your, po- your food supply. More so now than ever is they've made a big grab for it during this, the COVID front. You know, it's a front. That's what COVID is. It's an excuse uh, under a wartime scenario to take over and change the whole system on behalf of those who already really rule it and make it more efficient for them. And that's what it's all about. So really, as I say, we are still batteries in a way. We, we consume because we're alive, naturally. We have the, our basic needs are, have to be met, at the very least. And even to your heating in the winter or cooling in the summer, if you live in a hot climate, all depends on energy. Again, technocracy that was founded on, on controlling and running and owning the energy supply of the planet the humans need to survive by those who decide that they had the right to rule. It's more true than you think, as I say, with The Matrix. And in The Matrix 2, in the movies, which are awfully entertaining too, you have uh, all kinds of areas in The Matrix with different characters that are the major domos of their particular area. And you have the key master type thing, uh, the locksmith and... um, and all kinds of real good characters that are enjoyable in a sense for being the ultra bad guys, and they can go, they can lock you in or out of their their particular areas. In fact, very much like the system in which we live, when you really realise that the world is a, it has many compartments, like the WTO, the World Trade Organization, uh, the World Economic Forum. That really is all part of the same structure. In fact. Uh, and they actually they decide what the UN's going to be doing and what countries are going to be doing and what all the economies are going to be or, or not to be doing and how we're going to live. Uh, we don't this, we call it a democracy, but a democracy's got nothing to do with it. If anything, it's a scientific oligarchy at the top, uh, or near the top, at least serving the dominant minority, as Aldous Huxley mentioned in his own talks. And that's how it really is run. And it's been that way for an awful long time. For the people who really thought about uh, democracy and really believed in it, uh, I feel sorry at times. Because it's, it's, a, it's like giving you some... Uh, uh, and it's a religion, really, isn't it? It's like um, communism is a religion. You have, to, you have to really believe in it to, to, to make it work to any extent at all. 
which generally means the populace has to give up all their, their rights and freedoms and even sacrifice and go into austerity for the greater good for something we've done in the future, which we'll never see and never will see because it's not meant to actually appear <laughs> ever. That's the trick of all working together for a better tomorrow. It's been done for an awful long time, of course, through the Soviet system and their bloc and in, in communist China. And communist China is interesting because, again, you have a different culture, a very ethnocentric culture, very proud of themselves, too. They haven't had decades of being taught at university that they're bad and evil, and so they have no, no shame and, and no, no guilt for anything, you see. So they're very proud in their, in their system. And they obey it very well. They're, they are more of a collective society. I might put up tonight, actually, uh, an article. I don't know how I came across it, but it was to do with the Silk Road. You've heard about the big Silk Road idea that, again, the World Trade Organization and the World Economic Forum have been pushing for years. Um, a massive transportation system right from Russia all through, uh, right through Europe and, and even having a spin-off part, a circular part in Spain and they've designated Spain to be a multicultural society, a kind of hub for the future and they've been working on that. And by the way, that's also part of the reason that China's been uh, pushing into the borders of India because they want to bring in the road through there. <laughs> For those who are wondering why it's all about the skirmishes I've been having with China, that's part of it. And the media knows it, but the media are not there to inform you about anything. They're meant to get emotional reactions from you and to see if you'll swallow the lies they keep telling you, especially with the COVID that's going on right now. So, as I say, the Matrix is, is, a, is a system where you get your eyes opened with each room that you walk into. Or go through the doors, <laughs> depends on you know, what kind of entrance you want for the, for the audience. But uh, it's quite interesting to see the different... It's not just levels on, on a, a horizontal plane, but it's also a vertical. And, and, and you can go up and up and up to whole new levels of it, and so on and so on and so on. But the idea is it takes off, really, from the system in which we live, which is we are economic units, so we, we produce things. We're, we're also energy in ourselves. And from it, uh, you'll always have a dominant minority that suck from us and even force systems upon us, which we, we will often ad- ad- adapt and adopt very quickly, but adapt into very quickly as well. And look at the Internet. Well, even before, even with radio and television, these are like wonders to the world when they first came out in radio, let alone, you know. And I really mean this because, I mean, what I'm going to say because it's true. It was a miracle in its, its day and age when radio came out. And I can remember my dad talking about uh, the old crystal sets. And the crystal sets literally were, were, were because everything is, is oscillators to do with radio or even uh, basic television as well. You had oscillating frequencies and you have a little oscillator inside your, your set or your radio or whatever. And if you can tune it to the same frequencies an incoming uh, frequency, then, then it develops into audio, basically, through a, a bunch of circuitry. But anyway, in the old, day, old days, the, the, the people could get uh, crystal sets, as they called it, small units, and some of them were kind of portable, but you needed a long antenna to pick up the signal. And the antenna was really just it's a roll of copper wire, very thin copper wire generally. 
And my dad mentioned when he was young, and um, uh, he was with some some of his buddies in, in a little housing outway scheme. And one of them had a, a crystal set out the back, the back garden. And the, 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 and it was a big thing, you know, youngsters, especially boys too, were interested in all kinds of things of technology and so on. So they they, they got it going and they, they put a little earphone on to listen to it because it didn't have a built-in speaker. And um, they all had turns in it. And one of the little boys, these are boys about eight or nine, huh? and one of the little boys looks and says, where does it come from, this signal? And they said, they said, oh, it's, this is London, it's BBC London. And uh, he looked and he saw the wire disappearing round the house, the side of the house. He says, man, that must be a really long wire. Uh, because that's that's how children see things, you know. And I, I, technically, it was logical as well for a young child to think that way. It was, oh, that's an awful long wire. He didn't know that he didn't, uh, it didn't go right to the station. They just picked up the signals from the air. But that's what technology is, and people went crazy with, with radio. I think the first radio in the States, uh, or station in the States, was it played music, and uh, it played kind of country music at the time in the States. But it also was uh, set up by real estate. Some guy was into real estate, who, so, so they had the first advertising on radio, and that really took off, as we all know. Then along came television, and television was there a long time ago. In fact, pre-World War II, John Logie Baird in Scotland, for those who don't know it, had colour televisions, flat screen, uh, big ones too, before the World War II broke out. It always give you an idea that it was a, it was a fairly recent invention, but it's really much older, because he'd been making TVs for long before that. But technology, again, is power, isn't it? It's got the power to change society for those who want to change it which gives them a power to change it. And the trick, again, is like the internet, is to get you to purchase everything yourself that they need for all information, because then they can control information. And most folk never figure out. They really don't, just like the television. They never know. They never really figure out the TV's not there really to entertain them. Entertainment is just uh, it's like the, the cheese in a mousetrap. You know? That's really what it, what it is. Uh, the real purpose of it is is very, very different. It's to standardise opinion and thought of society, but no matter what society it is. And it's all arranged by experts and professionals to also change your behaviour. That's one of the main things, is, is behaviour change. And we have lots of information on that from many, many authors in the past, and people who investigated it all, and people who are involved in, in changing societies as well. And uh, again, Aldous Huxley who was definitely up there with the big think tanks in his day and who belonged to a family um, that was part of the Darwin-type clan um, and intermarried with them. In fact, eventually, some of the members did anyway. The Huxleys were were well involved with those who were changing and and directing the thoughts and behaviour of societies. He was, he, and he admitted that himself. He, he, is, he said, "We are part of the. My family is part of the scientific elite who work for the dominant minority, and they work with academia as well. And um, it isn't just technology; it's also psychology and behaviorism, and how to alter the behavior and thoughts of whole populations of people. Uh, what you're living through today is tremendous, um, massive psychological warfare like we've never seen it before, really. Uh, we didn't even have this kind of psychological warfare during World War One or Two. 
uh, or even through the, the Vietnam era either. Uh, this is this is a big push for the planet. This is world war. This is real world war, and it's psychological warfare backed up with uh, military type force through the police. The police are a force now. They're an internal force with a uniform, like any military, and they're, they're generally armed in most countries. Not all, but most of them. And the ones who are not armed are often trained in the use of it, so they can arm them very quickly if they have to. So you're living through a world war, and this war is the culmination of many years, many, many years, uh, you might even say centuries in a, in a sense, to a very real sense, uh, to bring in a technologically controlled society by the use of technocracy, specialists and experts in every possible area who are going to rule your lives. They're already doing it, but and they've got power to do it now. But they want the right to, to literally all, not just start off as a child with a child children like they have in Scotland with Gerfec and, and parts of England too and other countries too with different names of advocating government agents and social workers to work with children from birth right through no matter about ethical parents or not has to do with modifying the thoughts of the child as they grow up uh, to suit the uh, the agenda of those who rule you and own your countries. That's what it's about. Always under a great guise. What's for the greater good again? It's, and, and there'll be no animosity about from, from people or different ethnic groups or so. Well, just get rid of all that damage. That's what they claim, but it's a big, big lie because, um, as you well know, uh, not every ethnic group has been subject to the same incredible indoctrination and standardization, huh? Those at the top of the world, I've mentioned it before, and, and some, again, some recent talks as well. But even many, many years ago, when I talked about psychopathy, and some people wrote books about psychopathy, and they were good enough to mention me in their books, is where they got a lot of the information from. But psych- psychopathy is so interesting. Uh, because when you really meet a, a real psychopath, you might not catch on quickly, you know. Um, they like to often boast if they've been caught at something. Even in prison, some intelligent ones will often boast about what they did. Uh, they like attention. However, if, if they're not caught they're, and they're, they're working freely in society, uh, most folk often uh, can't quite figure them out. Uh, women will often pick up fellas or, or get picked up by fellas or whatever, uh, and they'll pick up fellas that they feel sorry for. Uh, or they just need a bit of help. I'm the person to, to put them in a the straight and narrow and fix them up. You know, that's a, maybe some maternalistic instinct, who knows? But the fact is, or maybe it's just plain ego. Uh, but it often ends in disaster if it's a psychopath they're picking up. Because psychopaths, on a low level, the low scale of things, uh, the kind that just see something in a window and want it, not, they're not the brightest type on the low level, but they still have the incredible instincts of reading people and using them and manipulating. But they're also the kind that throw bricks into the, the window and grab the stuff and make off with it, and then they get caught and they're in a prison for their whole lives. But as you go up the ladder, and I think, the studies that were done in the U.S. and in Britain, maybe in the 30s and 40s, were, were catching on slowly because there was such a, a, a class distinction back then, too. It was very overt, in fact. It's still there today, but it's, it, was, it was very overt back then. 
uh, when they, they really thought most psychopaths were, were just working class types and, and, and unemployed types as well. Until they started to realize that no, there's a lot more in the upper strata, the middle and upper strata. And that's when they went into eventually, it took them a long time to get around to the CEOs of corporations and the big players in corporations that get up there and, um, and become the heads of even the military industrial complex, you know. And then you find out that those who run the world financially, again, the dominant minority, you know, a hereditary group, will employ these, these psychopaths and put them in place as CEOs. These are intelligent type psychopaths. That they're more savvy as to what's going on and, and they're careful not to, to end up a follower of the law if possible. But they're dedicated psychopaths. If you pay them well, they'll, they'll, they'll serve you well. And, um, and they, then they form clubs with them too and, and they can join certain clubs and very important type. They may even get knighted, some of them. A lot of them actually did in the past. If you look at the, the, the people who got knighted in Britain, uh, for the last maybe 150 years, most of them were merchant bankers and people like that, who, who, who believe you me, in business, in real tough business, nice folk just don't get ahead. It doesn't happen that way. They're, they'd be ruthless. And there are folk who are psychopaths, who definitely are ruthless, uh, who are very successful in the business world by being ruthless. And by, again, lending to governments, like that's how often Britain um, knighted them and gave them their, they, they, in return for it, uh, they'd end up being, uh, being up there amongst the lords and, and, and ladies, and they'd intermarry each other, you see. So the psychopaths marrying into the psychopathic realm um, have, have a good chance, especially in the lifestyle and the culture within the family groups, of raising a good psychopath to take over intergenerational psychopathy. So, very important. And all countries have it too. So when you realize the world's run by the, the, this kind of uh, system, and then in, in the technological sphere, and those who are really into uh, technology, uh, who run the electronic systems of today and, and, and these massive empires of uh, bits and bytes, etc., and Silicon Valley types, you, you'll find a lot of them uh, are, are actually geeks. <laughs> and uh, their world is what they do and, and why they're doing it. They're kind of far removed from the emotions, the normal emotions that folk... Have you noticed that with them? It was often thought a lot of them were almost autistic, Asperger types. And, and that some of them may very well be. that They don't seem to get on very well with people. And they have no qualms about... Uh, working with the NSA and organizations like that, where they're, they have no right to be in folks' lives in the first place, electronically destroying privacy and invading it further and further and further, and other ones as well that work to design the, the, the next part of the cultural change as you get turned into slaves, obviously slaves. You have no free, you really don't have much free will left at all, you know? When, it, when choices and important areas are taken away from you, including using cash, for instance, this is an example. 
you're being, you're being, the roads are being narrowed. You're, all, all the accessory roads that join the main road are being stopped and walled off and, and are taken away or filled in. And you're left with this one road that you must be on. And you, you, the same with medicine and choices and everything else or vaccinations or whatever it happens to be. Uh, and uh, w- when you don't have any choices, you're under a tyranny, a totalitarian tyranny, which will convince most folk that that's for your own good. And most folk, unfortunately, because the indoctrination is so perfect, they don't shout at people as they're persuading you. They're professional persuaders. That's what a psychopath, good psychopaths can do by making things appear very plausible. You know? and, uh, and most folk want to go along with it because they, they don't want to believe the world's rather nasty or it's cruel. Uh, because, as, as I've said before, regardless of the century we live in, basically we're all kind of tribal. We're all born in little tribes sometime in the past, maybe a thousand and two thousand or more years ago. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, and in a tribal situation, children, um, they want to feel secure inside the tribe. And it's expected the elders take care of them and warn them and protect them and so on. So, yeah, you might even leave home now at 15 or 16 if you want to. Uh, But the fact is, it's still in your nature um, to be protected by by those who are more mature, the real role models. And so uh, the real people have been displaced in today's technology with with, um, propaganda, rather perfect propaganda and perfect indoctrination through schooling, you know. So they're, they're taught to be naive, stay naive, and, and the authorities, the experts, uh, are in charge of it all and just follow them, be obedient to them because they're there to protect and help you. And that's the, that's the sort of um, mirage cover that they take upon themselves and project to you. You don't see them as they really are. You don't see the characters sitting at big board meetings talking about their multi-billion dollar profits for giving you a, a flu shot for the year for over the, you know, for the, for the nation or a few nations together. Uh, you don't see them um, meeting with members of parliaments or governments across the world um, or the World Trade Organization or, again, the World Economic Forum or Gavi or all, all these private institutions that they pretend they're philanthropies. Uh, they've got massive shares in the big vaccine companies, you know, who also lobby governments so the governments will take their vaccines that they'll manage to provide and um, and they all profit from it, of course. And that's just one example. If they could make you distress in the same uniform, in a, a, a uniform that was made by one factory for the whole planet, and then they all looked the same, except for maybe degrees of, of superiority, you know, there's kind of, always some kind of superiority, and then uh, they would do it, and they'd force you all to wear it. And they'd say, well, because the material is meant to keep, um, keep you safe from scratches and so on, from outside things and objects, uh, then it's, it's going to cost you about five grand each, so you, you'd be forced to pay it. They would do that if they could get away with it. Yes, they would. <laughs> you better believe they would. Look at all the, the gadgetry. They've come out with recently uh, Since the COVID idea um, I saw something the other day I think it was in China Where they had uh, children sitting Again with, with their mandatory Like two metres apart desks And they had these plastic um, Shrouds over I don't know where the air came in from But they had shrouds over them you see And utter farcical things like that 
And uh, one I saw was good a few months ago there. It was a guy who, who took it to the next level, and he got an air filter from a, a cars, for a car's intake. And again, it's very good, actually. I mean, in reality, it'd be pretty good if he needed it, which you don't. It really is like a HEPA, HEPA filter. It's so, so fine to keep all dirt particles out from the, the carburetor or the intake for the, for the air, for the fuel. And he had it on his head, with a, and he had a good chromed top on it. I don't know if he screwed it onto his hair or not, but anyway, he had, he had these tubes coming out of it, one to his mouth and a mask, and uh, and I want for an expulsion valve to let the, the air out. So uh, I guess he could patent that. Maybe some corporation is already doing it. And, uh, and we all walk around like that for the rest of our lives, eh? Because that's what it's come down to, utter farce that we've never seen before. And I, and I knew this was, stuff was, was coming because I, I'd, I'd given talks back in the 90s on the incredible psychological studies that had already been done on us and, and other authors long before even Quigley came out in, in the 50s and, and 60s on television talking about the studies on the public that, that were pretty well perfected and they knew that, that, that using techniques back then, they could really drastically and very quickly alter human behavior and make us do things that perhaps we oughtn't sh- to do or think, or make us accept things that we shouldn't accept. That was way back then. But today, uh, it's, it's, it's massive. I mean, your own tax money throws millions and billions across the world to these other think tanks and study groups and universities that all do these joint projects with those that eventually grab the patents, whatever they discover, and techniques. They have patents on techniques, by the way, for, for those who don't know it, on ways to manipulate you. And they do it, and it's very, very effective, incredibly effective, uh, when you understand that uh, most folk will take the path of least resistance at all times. Even though... It's like one of those children's mazes you used to get with a little ball on it and you go through the maze and, and you held it in your hand and you'd turn it left and right and up and down and that to make the ball travel in the direction that you wanted it to go. But it was just like a little maze and most folk will go along it and take the easiest route. Even though at the end, if you had a little hammer at the end, a little, mach- a little, a little uh, toy hammer would come along and just pop up through a spring and smash the ball, right? Uh, they would still go along that same path, left, right, left, right, left, right, until they get to the end, because it was easier to go that way. That's that's what people do. Even if you warn them, if they keep going the way they're going, that they're done for. They'll still do it. I've mentioned it before. There's a t- there's a freezing of the mind comes into play when real danger starts to seep into your mind that you, that you might be done for. And with some folks, it's paralytic. With a lot of folks, actually, it's paralytic. This cannot be happening in real life to me. We live in a civilized society, etc., etc., etc. And we know the Soviets killed millions of people. And the Bolsheviks, oh, the slaughters was incredible. They still know that there's, that there's massive, massive fields in different parts of the Soviet Union. Uh, with with uh, layers and layers and layers of bodies that were mass executed. Uh, this this is the people's. This was the people's army that did it. You know, the people's army uh, on behalf of the people. 
you know, is it, they, they always take over the same uh, the same authority it's for the for the good of the people. So on behalf of the people, we will execute you. Because you are enemies of the state. You're enemies of the people. You're seeing it emerge today with the COVID thing. You, you must wear those. You're enemies of the people. You know, you're dangerous to them. And that's a, a quick judgment and some baton and crashes in the skull. And that's it. That's where you are with this technique. And uh, it doesn't really change too much on that level. But most folk will go quietly to the end uh, without question. That's the sad part. I can't say enough about what happened with the Soviet system. And uh, the Nazis used it again against people who, uh, you know, they saw as enemies of the Germany or the people. And, uh, and the film of folk literally running in, one, you know, like one group after another, it's your turn now, and they'd run into this, into this dug pit, and then they get, they get shot. And down they went, the next group. As for watching it, the thing, when it comes our turn, it won't happen. That's what you think, you see. And the Soviets were masters. The Soviets actually sent out cards that were delivered to folks' homes by couriers when they, when they came into a new territory and were taken over. The Bolsheviks, you see. And the Bolsheviks were ferocious. They hated everybody, you know, except themselves. They sent out these, these little cards that were delivered, and, and when any Poland did the same thing too. And you, you get a little card, and I'll say, you'd attend so-and-so house, it might be the, the mayor's house or something that was taken over as a headquarters, and, and you'd walk in there, you'd be led, and uh, you wouldn't see many folk, it was like crowds of people, and you would just go along the corridor, for instance, and the guy would point there, you'd point in this room, and then you'd go down the steps into the basement. As you were going through the basement, they'd shoot in the back of the head, and that was it. Very efficient. And they had pulleys in the whole bit, they'd just drag the bodies up through the coal shoes, and then they would dump them into it. There's even old film with this stuff, you know. Very efficient it was, but every person... Well, they think, well, if they sent for me, they want to talk to me. That's the first thing, you because you will not think the worst, you see. They want to talk to me. And away you go, and, uh, and you never get anybody to talk to, because eventually you get shot in the back of the head as you've just passed another door, that's what happens. But the same thing with these big pits that they dug in Kachin, you know, there's another one too, incredible horror story there as well. And... Another, like Bulgaria had it too, fantastic videos of survivors of some of these camps that did work with the, with the, the slaughtered bodies of their compatriots. and Horrific, horrific things. This, this is what totalitarian brings, a totalitarian society brings to you. What we're going into now, though, you see, is, is persuasive techniques. I mentioned before with that movie that... Um, was it Saving Private Ryan, uh, uh, where Tom Hanks, I think, goes, uh, he's in, in, in a war movie, but he's looking for his brother or something, but I can't remember the whole thing. But anyway, there's a scene where they, where they actually come across, the American troops come across uh, some Germans. One of them started firing at them, they catch him alive, they decide not to execute him, and uh, he gives him some, again, a good psychopath too, he gives him some spiel. And then they kind of let him go. But he, down the road, they, they meet him in a town. He'd gone to a town and met some other Germans. And they'd taken up positions to defend the place. And the Americans came in. And one of the, the Americans goes up a, a bell tower, I think it was. And at the very top of the bell tower, who's waiting there is, is the same German they'd let go before. He's a good talker, a good con man. And, uh, and he's trying to press the, this blade 
this, this knife into the, this American soldier. He's lying on top of the soldier. I pray. He said, no, just don't stop struggling. He's, he's, don't struggle. He's, he's, he's not shouting at him. He's just speaking to him. Don't, it'll be all over very quickly, and all the problems will be gone, and it'll be quite peaceful. And, well, that's what you're getting right now, folks, with, with scientific persuasion. Same thing. Huh? Leave it to the experts. They know what's best for you. They've got your, your best interests at heart, honestly. You know it, don't you? And they're well-trained, and they understand these things. That article was remembered in the paper recently, in newspapers. Don't even question things. Just leave everything. To, don't think too deeply, but leave it to the experts. This, this was the headline. You know. Well, here you are with it all. And your governments are all on board with it, because are you surprised? Do you really think the politicians are ever real? Politicians are low-level psychopaths. They, they're quite happy to be the masters and, and be given extra whatever it is, cash, residences, nice residences, and owners and stuff like that. They're very happy with that. Because our societies are incredibly corrupt, and they've been incredibly corrupt for an awful, awful long time. It's normal now. They're really, really, really badly corrupt, too. So now, what you're living through now is a managed horror show, disguised uh, with, with uh, hygienic white face masks on people with white coats, you see, in hospitals and things like that. That's, that's managed that way. Hmm? The common enemy, again, the enemy of the people... Is a, is, a, is a COVID, you know, like, like a Kaiser. Kaiser's a COVID type as well. It's a cold, common cold. But, but they, they, this one's a SARS type, right? And most folk uh, literally are already immune and don't even know they've had it, you see? And that's the way these things generally work. Never mind all the lying, I'll touch on it later, the lying, lying statistics, etc., that are now being unearthed, <laughs> admitted to it reluctantly and all. It makes no difference, though, because the agenda must continue. Because what you're living through today is the culmination of a plan that was set up years and years ago so that those who already ruled the world, this is their revolution, this is the next part of their revolution to bring it into the, the, the more controlled technocratic system, the efficient system that will suit their agenda for themselves at the top. That's what it's for. You realize, getting back to the matrix where you're a battery, your energy is, the, is what it all runs on. It's your energy. You're a slave, you see, for your energy. It's not far-fetched from where we are now because the elite have decided... Uh, that they're going to bring in the new system. You're not going to get asked if you like it or not. It's already here. They used 9-11 to, to take away all your rights, not just in the U.S., but across the planet. That's what, that's, that's what there was a big, big um, warning that went off then. You know, alarms went off with 9-11. It wasn't just the fact that the towers inside the U.S. came down. A whole different story regardless of, of what caused it or whatever. But the fact is, that's what happened. You saw, right? They're gone with folk in it. But why would the whole world go under an, a new type of, of anti-terrorism? The whole planet, pretty well. And, and immediately, 
all the predictions of the military-industrial complex from the 80s and 90s. I've got old articles from way back, I mean, and real copy, hard copy, right? Where they said, uh, what will we do in a world of peace, you know? The military-industrial complex, you know? Well, surveillance of the citizenry will be the, the whole new thing, security and surveillance and anti-terrorism. They knew about this a long, long time ago. And that's where it would go. Well, how would you, how would you change the society where, where you're not under constant monitoring by, by the elite, the own you, as far as you're concerned? Well, you need something to happen, right? And, of course, the PNAC group, the Project for New American Century, drew up a whole list of countries that wanted to take out enemy because they had a different agenda from average Americans. And, but they also uh, wanted to introduce an anti-terrorism idea. They would start selling total security measures and surveillance on all citizenry in the U.S. and outside the U.S. as well. And Britain was in on the act too, naturally. You know, London... I hate saying Britain, because the British folk are as defenceless as the rest of us. The terms remember today are real corporate names. That's what these places, they're corporation names. And London has controlled what became Britain and the UK for an awful long time. And still does. But yeah, uh, this is total total, um, surveillance of every citizen. And with COVID, oh my good, we'll go to the next level now. All the talk and all the preparations to bring in the smart cities by the World Economic Forum, right? the WEF, and the World Trade Organization, all these organizations, all it's already one club. It's one club, actually. And most of the members of one belong to the, the other as well. This is how it works, you see. Circles within circles, as Quigley talked about. Carl Quigley it was. And that's what you have inter- interconnecting circles, just like the the symbol, by the way, of the Olympics. That's what you're seeing there. See how they connect, and that's a symbol. The five, of course, it's always the five, the five points, and so on uh, that interconnect that way. And that's how you do it. You need five of them for, for different parts of controlling society. That's what, this, what it stands for. And so they they they, they direct the future. They train the public to be terrified through terrorism, anti-terrorism, and now it's terrorism part two with COVID, you see. And, the, and then the smart cities are going to be up and running very shortly. Uh, we didn't get to vote on any of that either, by the way. It was all set up again with the same car- characters with Facebook and t- participating and Googled the massive Google intelligence network. Uh, work uh, setting up uh, setting up a good part of it too in alphabet agencies etc to bring in this this wonderful system of total surveillance from birth to death 24 hours a day on every individual outside your home or inside your home that's what's in the smart hubs and all the rest of it and and again lockdowns and if you if you're if you're a bad boy or girl you see and you've not you've been naughty naughty and you haven't taken your, your latest vaccination, which is a whole list of stuff they want to give you now. I'll touch on that later. And I touched on this back in the 90s. Again, to me, everything's like repetition. But, yeah, they'll, they'll simply lock you down at home. They don't have to give you an excuse. Well, but it's been reported that you, you, you've been in the vicinity of a person who had a sniffle. You know? 
and you, it's, it's just like getting banned off, off the different social media. They don't have to give you any reason for it, you see. You're under totalitarian, these are totalitarian tyrannies. They make themselves, they make their institutions that, 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 that belong to the elite, you see. Uh, they make them um, necessary to survive in today's economy, for, as an example. And, and, and everything, like I said to talk years, before I had a computer, I still was giving talks, eh, on our folk shows and so on. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, everything on the computer will be free, on your internet will be free for a long time. And to get you in on it, and there's lots of pornography, they kept telling you that in the newspapers to make sure everybody just dived into it. And folk did, you know. And I says, I'll be free, and the YouTubes will be free, and everything's free, free. And then they start taking it all away from you. And once you're familiar with using it all, you'll go along with it anyway, and you might even pay to continue, because now you, now it's part of, of your... You, 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 you adapt very quickly into systems. They know this. And people literally... Um, it's like political parties. Uh, you know, if, if Dad and Grandpa was in the Labour Party in Britain, then often you'll be the same. Even if you're not, in, not in, even in the working class anymore, that's how it works. Uh, folk don't change so quickly, unless it's done through terror and fear. You see, then they'll change very quickly indeed. They have to because everything's been let loose with the terror, you know, if you understand what I'm talking about. So you better get changed. That's how things really work. And most folk go along with their works on most folk very quickly. And getting back to the folk running into mass pits to be executed, you can actually see the, the, the old uh, footage on this, if you want to see it. Remember what Plato said, don't think, don't ever think that somehow you're an advanced civilization. Don't ever think that. We're all the same people as we were thousands of years ago, regardless of the technology. We're the same people. We behave the same way to, to similar circumstances. Because really, there are not many ways you can react to things as a human. It's either happily, contentedly, quietly, um, maybe with a bit of unpleasantness, or maybe with even anger. But it's always simple things you react with, you see, very predictable. And again, most folk will take the path of least resistance, especially now when you have experts convincing you through, through, we used to call it pattern merchants in Britain, a good pattern merchant, someone who, who could prattle off with a good spiel and convince you, a good salesman, the pattern merchants. Uh, they go this way anyway, you see, and, and especially if they've got a title now, like, like, like a, I mean, this person is a, an expert in blah, 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 whatever it happened to be, and folk are trained that way, like Bertrand Russell said, Gary was the impact of science on society. But he did mention, uh, I actually read it on the air, some of these, these books, years ago. Uh, but he mentioned it, yeah, he said, he said the people um, can be guided into anything. And, and the children especially, you, if you get them young, you, you can nearly use them, you know. I've watched a lot of the symbols, for old occultic symbols being adapted and adopted for for political purpose right up to the present time, by the way. It's interesting, even, even Extinction Rebellion. Folk don't even know where the symbol comes from. But uh, it's right in front of their faces if they want to look at it. But yeah, folk will, will, will do what they're told because the, the, you've, got a, you've got a global threat, you see. You've got an invisible enemy. 
It's right off a science fiction movie. And all the, especially all the sci-fis that you've seen for years, you know, the plague, the coming plague and virus and uh, uh, lockdowns, all these things they gave, they gave you as horror movies. And here it all is, eh? You're all prepared for it. You've seen it in the movies. You've seen Dustin Hoffman dash about, you know, like a madman trying to save you all in the movie. Eh? can't remember the name of that one, but that was one of the big ones years ago. And here we are, and it's all been managed and worked out. When even, again, the Rockefeller Foundation came out with their big plans in 2010 and put it in there, the lockstick part of, the, of their plan, it was only part of it. But, and, of course, how, how technology in the future would influence us all and controls. Well, it's all here, folks. This is it, you know. It's all here. This is, this is a, the, the people who brought the whole world to a standstill, did it deliberately? Partly, they claim, I don't really believe it all, but, but this part, anyway, they claim that it's another reset, as they say, you know, like the World Economic Forum, this is a reset, you know, the global reset, like the last 2007-2008 crash was a reset. This is the big one now for the whole planet. But not just for money, it's to be a whole new resetting of life existence, right down to the said in their own writings. Um, because of an intelligence department in the WEF, you can actually see on their on their on their website. Uh, and when you go in there, you'll see it redefining what a human is. Is right in there too. You see. Now you thought you were in the sci-fi's. These are the guys who create it for real life, real science fiction. And believe you me, there's nothing they can't make happen if you go along with it. There's, and by the other token, uh, there's nothing they can get away with if you don't go along with it. I hope you understand that part. Hmm? Do you really want to go into a brave new world where, where I mean, the West has already said, and, and Russell said it too, Bertrand Russell, that the sterilization technique was already working in the West way back in the 50s. And the biggest problem in the West now is, oh, infertility. I used to give the talks on, on the sperm count plummeting in the Western male. And I, what got me on to it was, why, why the interest in universities? Certain universities were given, and it was mainly women, by the way, that were given these tests, you know, uh, to test young, young men's sperm counts in certain universities. But this, again, we're farmed. They have such, it's the same as our animal husbandry. You've got to know everything about the animals that you own. Any changes have to be completely noted. Well, that's, that's us, folks. We're all humans. And they would go through all these different reasons for the, the, the sperm plummeting and plummeting until literally, I think they had less than about a quarter of the, the mobile and motile uh, functioning sperm, uh, spermatozoa. Uh, than, than males had back in the 1950s, is that? Plummeted. And we're not supposed to be, be worried about that, you see, because they don't tell you why. The reason why they don't say what, why it's getting caught because they know what's causing it. It's intentional. You, you're starting to get the picture. <laughs> if it wasn't intentional, uh, they would be spending billions of bucks to find out what, was, what happened to their animals. So they know what happened to their animals, us, you see. Of course they do. That's the horror show you're living in. It's been going on your whole life long and you don't know it. 
And it's so true with the cancers that came out after the polio vaccine with the salt vaccine, eh? Simeon 40 virus. It was um, was included in it because they, they grew the they, they grew the, the cultures for the vaccines on kidney cells of monkeys, and they couldn't def, def, extract the the, the 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 cell the viruses that were growing purposely on them and getting mixed with the viruses of the monkeys. Eh? So, and they put them in pretty well blenders at the end of it. For, if you can't figure that out, I mean, this is real high science, eh? And uh, that's how they end up with your different vaccines, eh? But in, in amongst the vaccines, and, and they admit that, oh, yeah, there are millions of folk got, um, got the semen 40 virus. And, and that was just one of many viruses. There's over 110 viruses that they've named so far. It was pumped into humans. And the semen 40 is a carcinogen because it's cancer. That was science, eh? Science did that. Science that seemed, oh, we're here to help you, eh? Same science, we're here to help you. Hmm? <laughs> it's sad, isn't it, that we're so trusting? And, and why shouldn't we be so trusting? You see, we normally have instincts that warn us about someone who wants to harm us. But once again, you've been trained and raised by all oh, white-coated professionals, mainly on TV and things like that, telling you how, and, and again, magazines, to push in their, 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 their objectives. It doesn't mean that doctors are bad, but doctors really are, 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 are trying to do their best most of the time. A lot of them get hoodwinked as well. Other ones know darn well what's happening with the vaccinations, as an example. They know. Sure they do. Uh, That's a whole field in itself. But, um, yeah, a lot of doctors really are under their own tyranny of being licensed by big authorities that then can withdraw their licenses if they don't go along with things. It's already happened under the COVID, you know. Folk who won't go along with it. So, yeah, you live under tyrannies. And when the tyranny can't get its way, you end up with what's, what's going to happen everywhere. You're seeing it in Australia right now. Uh, they had a, a protest. I'll put the link up, by the way. It's quite, it's quite I hate to say funny. But it's very um, obvious what's going on. The Daily Mail has a, an article talking about, oh, th- thousands of protesters turned up in, in like a riot-type scenario in Melbourne. But in reality, very few protesters were, are, are to be seen anywhere in their fo- You'll see hundreds and hundreds of, of fully equipped uh, cops in military gear. And only a few, pro- <laughs> a handful of protesters in any particular photograph. And the folk who were trying to get to the to the demonstration, the anti-mask thing—that's what it was about anti-lockdown. Um, we couldn't even get in; they were getting turned away. And really, they, they got checkpoints in Australia like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. So the, the deception and the headlines—how how ashamed they should be at, at, at the Daily Mail. But again, newspapers have been conning us for years, that they're not there to help us, folks. But any any true journalist should be ash- thoroughly ashamed of themselves 
if they were not psychopathic. They're getting well paid to, to, to write these lies up. I think McPhee, or it was a woman called McPhee, was a name on it. Uh, how disgusting to put the, the, the stories with, with the obvious photographs of some, it was the reverse, you saw an, an army of cops there, you know, protesting protesters, <laughs> a handful of protesters. That's what, what it should have been called, army of cops protesting a few protesters. But that's how the main managers are managing our whole lives about about chronology. Chronology is the art of, of persuasion for ill-gotten reasons and gains and things like that. It's, it's liars. It's the art of the psychopath. It's the art of politics. It's the art of coercion and manipulation. You see, chronology. And as I've said before, you must participate in, in your own deception. That's a good con. It's like the movie The Sting and other movies I've made about things like that. You must participate in the in the con. Generally, you think you get, that someone's again going to give you something for nothing. That's that's a, that's a typical type con. And all you have to do, well look at all the ones on the internet. You know, uh, Prince uh, Abdul blah 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 has left you money. All you have to do is give us your bank account number and we'll put it in for you. The simple type. You must really participate in a con like that, right? And, and it does happen all the time. You also have cons of folk who go round doors. They can be dressed in, as working men, like like, um, like tradesmen, or in, in business suits. And every year they go round old folks' homes and say, we're here to we'll do a free, a free inspection of your home, get it winterproof and stuff. And they rip off the folk like you wouldn't believe. It happens. That, that's what criminology is full of, you know. They're going to things like that or, in pol- or politics. Hmm? Uh, and uh, because they're good persuaders. And you might even like the psychopaths. You probably will, actually. They're often very pleasant. And part of the psychopath technique, psychopathic technique, is to make you comfortable. And, 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 and they'd be, they could just reel off one joke after another and you wow, ha, ha, ha. And the next thing you know, you're, you, 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 you go to bed and find out that there's nothing, that there's no bed. <laughs> there's no furniture, there's nothing left at all. And you've been had, you know. Yeah. And then you have creative psychopaths. They tend to go into creative um, arts and so on. A lot of them are con, as just pure con anyway. I mean, putting putting a fetus in, in a jar of urine uh, in, with a crucifix and, and put it into an art gallery, that's, what well, that, that's, that's a psychopath right there, but who, who obviously has a lot of hatred in them as well. And, and who also wants to destroy the culture that he's, he's making accept and pay for all this nonsense, you see. But uh, you, you get a few psychopathic types that uh, can support themselves and sell whatever they're selling under the guise of, of art as well. That can happen. And, but when you read their, their, their histories, people in the past, they tend to be very, not just eccentric, but, but uh, volatile <laughs> at times as well. Things like that, very volatile. So anyway, uh, uh, persuasion. Persuasion. Huh? Persuade. Can I persuade you? That's what they'll tell you. How to persuade you. Or they'll say, see it my way. If they can't get that, they turn the cops loose on you. Because they coerce you. Again, you know, they give you a choice of doing what they want, going quietly. 
or even admitting to something you haven't done, or having your head bashed in, you know, and put behind bars. It's, uh, people, people have, are, have got mixed feelings, for, as an example, of Julian Assange. I've heard folk that I know who really don't like him. I don't know him to, to like or dislike, but I do know that he was set up for, for the present charges. And I do know that there was a, just a little window during his, his reign uh, to, to let information out to the public, really badly needed information on what your own forces are doing across the world. And, and how young guys in charge of multi-million dollar, you know, uh, equipment organizations and so on, like they can, they can, and drones, they, they can, they can sit hovering in the sky. You won't even see it with naked eye. Or they got these helicopters, and you saw them gunning down reporters over in Iraq, I think it was. And that's what really pissed off the Pentagon. When you hear the chatter of these young guys, yeah, let them have it, and and, and, unarmed reporters, eh? and laughing and giggling about it. Now, when you're hearing troops giggle about things like that, this this isn't a a hand-to-hand combat here, you know. This, This is worse than a sniper. Snipers generally are not liked at all. If they're found, they're, they're killed. They don't, you don't take them prisoners in any sight of any army because, because um, even regardless of the era, and today we don't have many morals left if it comes to slaughtering folk, but in fact you've, we've, we've risen a generation, maybe the second actually, on video games hmm? Uh, so that they can just go right into the military. And I said this back in the 90s. I said even before that, I said they're raising a, a generation. Uh, never mind the, the, the generation, too, of, of communists that they would eventually ch- turn loose from the universities. That's been done now, of course, as you well know. And revolutionaries and nihilists and the atheists, the old standard technique, but also a generation of, of young folk who would go drift right into the military from Xbox to military, as I said, they had articles about it on purpose for all the wars that they had planned back in the late 80s. Huh? The coming wars, it's all been done. Worked awfully well. Xbox to, to the military. But again, what I'm getting at here, it's a whole bunch of points that I'm getting at, I suppose. We've, we've always been manipulated. You're living through a big business plan where whatever the, the elite want, and there is some, it's not the king and queen of England, but it's not, it's not characters like that. It's a way above them, you know. The folk above it certainly are, are, they've got their brains. But Prince Charles, he, he didn't even get through Gordonston. He had to leave and go to, I think it was Dollar Academy. You know? He could even hack the, the people. The guys there were tough, you know. And uh, it's like rugby on and off uh, the field. It made no difference. <laughs> That's how. We, and if you can't stand up for yourself, you're done for. And um, and he could even hack that. But he, he he didn't have intelligence either. So it's not Prince Charles. He was the prince. They said that back in the eighties and nineties, the prince without a cause. He had no purpose. You see. 
So they eventually gave him a purpose of the public-private partnership deal, made a mouthpiece for that. But he is dedicated to one thing, and that's his dad's depopulation agenda. Because Prince Philip is up there in that realm. He's always been up there. Uh, about too many people. And um, he's given lots of speeches about culling folk just like you cull animals. And he uses that word, by the way. And his, his global speeches for the Sierra Club and the different clubs that he belongs to, which are all the same about depopulation, uh, and that's 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 always been the foremost of an elite's agenda, is depopulating unwanted people. The useless eaters, as Lord Bertrand Russell called us all, basically. If you weren't essential to the system, then they shouldn't live. Uh, and again, that social sh- socialism for those who have, for the poor working classes who have never figured out, <laughs> because you're presented with your leaders, eh? Oh, don't worry about. It. They got the Fabian Society and the Socialist and the Labour Party. They're there to stand up for you. Go into the real, the real science behind it, eh? Remember, communism had three levels that they admitted to: the one for the world. And for the, the, the new members coming in, one for, for, for the managers on the mid-level and another system altogether, they, they would bring them in to tell them what the real purpose was. It was a graded system of understanding. And it's, that's what the Labour Party is too in Britain. The, the Labour Party is international. Why would you vote for a national party that's international and wants to enter and do away with your borders? Well, it's kind of pointless voting for them, isn't it? And then they'll, they'll appoint folk into positions. But nothing to do with their abilities, as we all know today. But when you go into the Fabian Society and you find... George Bernard Shaw, he was quite open. He, he, he opened his mouth a bit too wide, actually, uh, on uh, uh, film, old film, and you can hear him talking about it. He says, you know, we, you, you, the working class thinks that we're here for this, that, and the other, and blah, blah. He, he says, when we are in power, says, you will have to come to us and ask us why we should keep you alive. Huh? You see, your purpose is to serve them. The cause. The Soviet Union was the same. You're a cog in the machine. You had no personality anymore. You were just, you were not a person anymore. You were part of the masses and your purpose was to serve the system. Again, uh, scientific socialism, technocracy, the World Trade Organization, the World Economic Forum, it's all the same system, folks. Don't, don't get misled. When you see something that walks and quiets like a duck, believe you me, it's, it's a duck, you know. See, the, the animal kingdom can't help but be what it is. They can't pretend they're something else like humans, some humans do. So it walks like a duck, quiets like a duck, believe you me, it's a duck. You know? So don't get confused. Oh, they, that's the same as, as the, that's a different, because it's got a different name in their title than a different... They've got butt in it in the middle of it, or and, instead of the, the straightforward thing, from the Workers' Paradise Coalition to the Coalition of the, of the Workers' Paradise, that's a different one altogether. Don't get mixed up with terms and terminology. 
streams. They used to call it streams as well. When all the different streams would go along different directions. So you start off a stream for, for, for the suffragettes, you see. And the suffragettes, and they, even though you have tremendous propaganda about them, they were generally well-to-do women from families who, who had come into the countries like London, Britain or London. And uh, many of them, actually, uh, they're well recorded who they were. They were wealthy, and, uh, and they were part of the World Revolutionary Movement. Some of them blew up things in, in London, and they did take off to live in the, so- in, in the early uh, Soviet Union with the Bolsheviks. If you didn't know that, it's a fact. Look it up and read the books on it. So the, that was one stream, one for the women. Let's separate the women from the men. Again, George Bernard Shaw said that the working man will come to us because we're promising him better working conditions, fewer hours. Because in those days, believe you me, they did work sometimes 16 hours a day in the early days. Eh? But better working conditions because their life expectancy wasn't that great back then. And as a working class person, male or female, and we'll also give them, try to get more money for them and things like that. So they'll come for us because we're promising the things that they know they need. It's very basic, you see. But he says, but says when they'll come to it, he says the working man will come to us thinking, well, now he'll have some protection perhaps and he'll have a better work. And he's, he'll, he'll, he can keep his wife and, and maybe uh, 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 his family in a better circumstance with a bit more money to feed them. To, for basic stuff like feeding, eh? that was awfully important, no doubt about it. But he says, he says, but the working man doesn't realize that's not what we're here for. He says, we want, he says, we don't want him to have a wife. We want the women to be out working the workforce too. That would double the, the tax base as well, folks, you see. And it would also bring down the population if they weren't breeding with each other. Everything as a stream, one for each part of society, get a stream going. And down the road, when we've changed everything, all these streams will come together in the big river, you see. The big river. It can take a hundred years, and but <laughs> we're here, folks. They've altered everything. They've altered the relationship between men and women. They've altered the meanings of families. They've altered uh, the rights of the child now. You've got rights to the child for the United Nations, meaning the parents or parent doesn't have any over the child, generally. And the, the, the state now gives the child their, their culture, and, and their beliefs and so on, as opposed to the parent. That's what Bertrand Russell said they, what their goals was, was back in the 40s. And, uh, and so they've, they've achieved their goals. So all these different streams of the different parts of society, they try to keep apart, alter. You bring them all together in the, in the big river down the road. And, and we are here, absolutely. All done by scientific-type systems of sociology, even anthropology, you need anthropologists to understand uh, the different ethnic groups, with, even within one nation, you know, how to alter them slightly here and there, even for religious groups and so on, and how to eventually, eventually, you can erode their beliefs or their behavior uh, or what they stand for and, and, and again merge them into the, the big river down the road. It's all been done. Uh, and so next, the next step is to have us all going into the big sluice gate, eh? where they filter off the ones that they want to keep for a little while longer and the ones that they don't want to. 
And I really mean this because Brave New World is part of the system that they want to work towards, or they are working towards, uh, the intelligence system part of the World Trade Organization and the World Economic Forum. As I say, it has a, a whole section on reimagining. When you hear this term now, Bill Gates come, came out with it, reimagining education. Well, who gave him the authority? The guy's not an inventor of anything. It's a businessman who works for a very elite body of eugenicists and the right to rule us all, you see, using technology and other means as well. But he said, let's reimagine education. He was also involved heavily in the, the drafting up of the, cu- the curriculums that be used for Common Core in the U.S., education. But can imagine a world of lockdown where his systems are going to be taught to every child to standardize all their thoughts, their opinions, and everything. Whoa, there's power for you, eh? F- from a monster like him. A man who can't keep his mouth shut at times about helping folk as he helps to populate the world. Would you trust a guy like that who's a eugenicist? Who believes in superior types and inferior types with, with a real staunch conviction of the religion of a eugenicist? Hmm? A humanist, they call them humanists, you see. We don't, we don't have qualms about moralities. We, 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 have to, we get things done. No qualms, you see. We're efficient. So Bill Gates reimagining society, reimagining education, reimagining policing, reimagining security, reimagining healthcare, reimagining the family, reimagining communities for the smart cities, etc. It's all reimagining. All came from the same group at the top, the World Economic Forum. Well, do, do you get a say in anything? Do you have a vote in anything at all? Of course you don't. No point in voting for politicians because they're all paid off and bought off by the folk who already run the world. Haven't you figured that out? <laughs> I have to chuckle at times just looking at the, the, the massive, massive avalanche of, like, cure yourself of everything. All life's ills, mainly emotional ills and circumstance ills and so on. They had the, all, the, all the self-improvement books and endless, endless. Back again in the 80s, I could see it happening in the libraries where you used to have shelves and shelves of really good books on histories and psych, you know, you would have um, philosophers. Philosophers too, I never really get, get too strong on. I don't, I don't need a philosopher to give me my meaning of life, you know. I think you can work it out for yourselves. And schools of philosophy are often used by the elite at the top already. They still get folk in university and try drag them into their particular, again, stream. I get a stream for different types of people and get them into, the, into a Hegelian stream or wherever it happens to be. And then have them merge down the road after they've served their purpose. Because most philosophies are meant to be a way of living to be used by people who give it to you <laughs> to suit their purposes really. or to justify what they already do. And they're, again, they're, they tend to be awfully elitist as well. And many of them were meant to destroy existing religions. You see? And before you start poo-pooing all existing religions, 
most existing religions was left to them didn't force you to accept what they were preaching. It was to give you a basic... You all grew up in cult, the, the, the leftover, the residue of cultures have been heavily attacked and destroyed by those who are bringing in the, the humanistic technique, you see, of technocracy and so on. And religions served its purpose, they, they claim, you know. Uh, it was a big, big battle to get you to give up rights and freedoms, especially to think or to, to even pray or whatever it is you're, you're really into, uh, and just obey the experts, the real religion, you see, that is replacing it all. And that was always the purpose of many of the the philosophers. Or, you know, Nietzsche kind of said it too, eh? Like, God is dead. And, and it says, well, God, meaning they were all... And again, in Germany, the big, big push back then, Germany was the first country to turn, elevate uh, um, philosophy above their old religions. didn't work with everybody, but they, uh, once you start doing that, then... You, you end up into horror shows rather quickly, you see. Because, as he said, well, God is dead. And when you realize that God is dead, then all the things that were unthinkable and undoable that you wouldn't do before now are, are completely attainable. You could do it all if you, have, if you know guilt and there's no repercussions against doing things that before would, would send you to hell or whatever. There's no hell, then you can do what you want. Well, you take it from there, folks, then you add on to it science. Well, let's get rid of the elderly, the sick, the infirm. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Eh? No problem. Uh, let's just kill off whole sections of society. Boom, boom, boom. You see, all the things that were prohibited and unthinkable become not only thinkable, but attainable and doable. And that's where you are today. So if you've tossed all the old values out the window, you're going to regret it. Because you should still have that, that affinity for something bigger than science. Science is a horror show. That's what Bertrand Russell said. He, he believed in science. He says, there will be a tyranny. He says, and I hope. He says, if there's to be a tyranny, he says, I hope. And he fervently hoped there would be a scientific tyranny. It'd be a horror show, Absolutely. Do you realize, you have to think about things that you just don't like. And it really started, I'd say, in, in the UK, in parts of Europe, in the 1950s or 60s, probably. Long before, and, 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 and by using different techniques, but definitely it was launched with the whole force of cultural organization. And by that I mean, it's like fashion, music, everything. Pushing for a sexual, and remember the word, revolution. Don't ever dismiss it as something pithy, because it didn't, it didn't really entail bloodshed as such. It did entail bloodshed, it was a different way of doing it. And so you had the fashion, you had this managed explosion. They called it the, the, the British explosion, okay? and, and in the US, that's what they called it. And um, so you had a sexual revolution. They began to sexify the males for the first time, for a long, long time, actually, before they had that in the, maybe the 1700s with the silk stockings and the wigs and all that kind of stuff. But um, really sexifying the male. And you had Elvis Presley, they called him Elvis the Pelvis, of course he did, that was a nickname. And he, he would gyrate on the stage like some kind of guys, the way strippers do, probably today. And that was the introduction of the sexification of the male, you see. 
And we all know through music, and that was a sexual revolution, you know, push, 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 and the miniskirt came on. They'd already re- revamped what they tried in the 1920s and failed with uh, the booze cans and prohibition. They made, they made the booze cans sexy. <laughs> uh, they had the jazz on, on the go. Uh, they had the dances like the Charleston and different ones with a miniskirt. You know, you know, they tried all that stuff, but they didn't have they, 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 the antibiotics for venereal disease, and they didn't have and venereal disease when it's untreated. Believe you me, it, it ends up being a disaster on on the victim, absolute hell on the victims eh? and offspring. By the way, for syphilis, but they did all that, and then uh, they went back to the drawing board for a while. Because they had unwanted children all over the place. You see, they didn't have the, the abortion racket on the go. They had back street abortions and so on. So you always have fallout as you're changing things. And you've got to find ways of dealing with it. So they really put stacks of money into research and development to do with hormones. And part of it along the way was, was the birth control pill. So they launched it again, along with the miniskirt once more at the same time. And the sexual revolution. Bingo, you see, they didn't have the, the same. F- and you already had antibiotics, you see, in the fifties and sixties. And so you end up with um, then the destruction of the family unit, which again is the same part of the communist manifesto, which is the same part of the, it's the socialist manifesto, which is the same uh, as the, the elites, Royal Institute for International Affairs manifesto, destruction of the family unit, you know. And of course, academia at the top, and so always the same agenda. And look at today. Look at the things that obviously we're talking about today, where, where we we feel embarrassed at times. When the, when abortion became a business, a legalized business in the, in the states, especially, they were finding finding the big. <laughs> you got to look at the history of this, and we're we're so. Hypocritical, especially with ourselves. We can't look at ourselves at times. We don't want to look at the bad things, eh? but we're all we're all part of it in society by accepting things that we shouldn't. Like Aldous Huxley, how we can be trained to accept things that, that perhaps we shouldn't. They're not in our best interests at all. And the dumpster is full of, of body parts for children, and babies, eh? and that's what they found. They were getting left out and going high in the summers, early days, folks. Yeah? Now body parts and they put down as children or, or fetuses or babies. Eh? It's called it's called human biological waste, the bio waste, and we accept that as normal. There was nothing wrong physically with them. They were just inconvenient. Because we've all been, everyone's damaged with the sexual revolution that continued to the present days worse now. Most folk really won't, probably won't get married now, so they don't have much to worry about now. Youngsters that are seen right in the streets probably will never have children, probably will never mate for any length of time either with any one person. It's been very successful, and they don't know that it was all part of a war on them. They don't know. You can get the victim demanding more of it, in fact, because they think it's their rights. They don't realize, no, no, you've come to this, this stage by people you've never met or even knew existed. 
that planned your reality and your thoughts and gave you your opinions. And so on. So we're all complicit in, in things in, in so many ways, and most folk don't really get it. And, and the old Hebrew religion, the old Hebrew religion, they believed that, that the collective, the people themselves, would have collective punishments when, when laws were broken, when real primal laws were broken. And it's very true, I think, because we do, whether we like it or not, because there, there are certain things that are just plain, I think, wrong. Even though we, we can commit them ourselves because we've been trained to or, or encouraged or whatever. But regardless, you have collective punishments come down because you're breaking basic laws of nature. And people say, well, what, what, what can we do about it? I mean, what, what can we do if there's too many people? Well, what countries have got too many people? Because the ones in the West, their own domestic populations have been plummeting, and they claim that the Department of Statistics, you know, every country in Europe's got its own Department of Statistics. And uh, they, that's what they claim. I used to read the statistics off years ago, as they kept hammering us being too many of you. <laughs> and wait a minute, you, you, you keep telling us we're, we're, we're even below replacement levels. Aren't, aren't we good for being below replacement levels? Is it what you want? Oh no, we'll have to bring in replacements now from all over the planet. It's a different agenda on the go here, folks, isn't there? Because you can't please them. Hmm? And that's what you're living under. You're, see, you've been under a global agenda for your whole life long. You didn't know it. Before I go on, I've got to keep remembering, too, you can help me out by going to cuttingthroughthematrix.com and getting the books and discs there, and you'll, you'll you get your eyes opened. It's a long archive. I'd be surprised how many folk at the top, not the, the very to that top, but the, the folk you, you know on radio or whatever, use it all the time. Because it covers a long span of, of life and history and, and facts as well, you know, of this system of chronology that we're living through. So you're going to help me take along too with all my sites I've got there at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com by donating to me uh, or buying the books and discs. But donations, remember, you can send even plain cash or checks. Or you can, uh, I think MoneyGram is okay too in some countries. In some countries you can still get international postal money orders sent. And I think in the States they can't do that anymore for some reason. But you can send cash from the States if you've got a problem. And, and believe you me, the post is, is probably the most efficient you can get. This basic post, unregistered. It's not, if you register anything, you're guaranteed to have it open, folks. Just don't register the stuff and, and things get through okay. So as I say, help me take along. And I, I don't write mass, not these days, I don't write massive tomes, you know, of histories. It's all been done before. You have to start thinking for yourself. It's almost like um, the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. Where what it means, uh, the Rubaiyat too, is almost like reading between lines. You, words should 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 and, and sentences conjure up images that then come between lines. They they form their own invisible lines between the lines. 
to give you this this overview of what you're reading as you're reading it. It gives you an inner meaning to it. And um, it's very important. So this was a standard art at one time. Because a lot of, of how your mind really is meant to work is with intuition. And intuition has clues. It's like, it's like um, prompting. You get prompting from, from things you see, hear, or, or listen, even listen to people chat about certain things. You get little insights and prompts. And these, these are meant to work with your intuition. And suddenly things just fall into place as opposed to uh, a standard education or, or, or in an indoctrination into one particular area of things, you, you, you'll find that there are other ways of learning, which are natural. And they've always been here, always existed. And the, some of the greatest thinkers down through time allowed their minds to work for themselves by using the intuition that comes with ob- observance. And thought itself, you can't really do it when you're really in a thick, densely populated city. Not so easily. You definitely need peace and quiet at times. To ruminate is a good a good word. To ruminate, you know, about things, because that's you might not think you're really learning or discovering something at that time. But what you can think in one particular evening will come back again later once it's been thought. This is the whole thing. It will come back again later and, and be part of something bigger. All things fall into place like a jigsaw puzzle. And it's a very important way of seeing and doing. Because you are some, believe you me, you're, 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 you're just, put it this way, you're just as important, eh? You're meaning you're, you're, you're probably more important, but you're at least just as important as any specialist that's out there telling you how to behave and what to do or at this present time. Of course you are. Of course you are. A famous person once said, he said, even the top, uh, you know, genius with all the letters behind their names from universities and awards and titles still has to drop their pants and go to the toilet the same way as you do. You know? In other words, folk are dressed up in fancy titles and fancy this and fancy that. But they really have no, no other right to rule you and tell you what to do or how to behave or what to think than anybody else, you see. This is your journey through through the, the walk on the, the world here on top of the planet. It's yours, not theirs. You know. Let's let, let, leave them with theirs, but they won't leave you alone with yours, will they? And then you, you also have the mentality of the crowd. The crowd again, uh, in its roughest sense, wants conformity, especially when they're afraid. Eh? Conformity. Um, so again, you, you get people who like crowds. They, they like to, to be part of, the, of the, the group, the crowd, and they'll turn on folk very quickly if they're not part of it. Uh, you see it with these riots in the state. Oh, sorry, prote- protests in the states, <laughs> uh, and, and the shopping sprees too. Where you see them looking for trouble in the streets, and it's like swarming. That's what that's what's called actually, swarming. Where, where one person will pick on somebody that, that, that's, or even if they've got the, uh, the wrong kind of hat on, right? You saw that recently, one guy getting shot or assassinated or, or murdered in the street uh, because he didn't have, he, he wasn't part of them, you see? See, see the crowd, especially the, the fanatical crowd of today, 
of the nihilists and the atheists that they said they would unleash many, many years ago. This is what they always say. The, the World Revolutionary Party, the guys who wrote about it, talked about releasing the nihilists and the atheists. And they, they, will, they don't believe in democracy. They'll, they'll just kill you if you have a different opinion. And if you, have, if you wear a T-shirt with the wrong slogan on it, that could be enough, or a hat, uh, to, to have you murdered, you see. And they'll justify what they're doing because they're not democratic. You know, we understand that this is what you're seeing here. This is not democracy or, or republic either. Nowhere in the republic they say they would slaughter folk who didn't agree with them from an opinion. You're looking at a different system, which is the old Soviet-type system, or Bolshevik, really, with the same groups being fostered, trained, and let loose on the public before the, the, the big one takes over for them. And they will be used against everybody else as we go through the big change, until they have the big change completed, which is uh, the smart city setup. You, you have no idea of all... You think it's, there's millions of cameras up right now. You have no idea of what they've already published about what they're put, going to put in here and are putting in. And they're going to use all this as an excuse. In a post-police world, with all the robots and that, they've got them all ready to go, folks. And with the incredible surveillance that they've got, on the lampposts and all over the place right now. Never mind your cell phones all tracking you where you're going and all that. They know who's they, they know they know who's killing who, who's doing what. You you can see these little clips on YouTube fr- from a very good um, video from some of these stationary observations, CCTV cameras and on lampposts and so. And you see these guys just walking up to to people in New York City right now and just shooting them at night, dead. Or driving up on motorbikes and doing the same thing again, just just for the, for the, uh, who knows, the fun of it, I guess, for them. Because it's a lawless society now they're bringing on here. Yeah. So the more that this can be foisted upon the public, till you're all terrified, the more again you're going to accept. Well, well, now we're going to put in this this robot in this little area here. It's all been. You should see some of these gadgets. Like these these are like little tanks, maybe six feet long. With rotating turrets and all kinds of, of not just tasers but machine guns and gunners were also there on them as well. They, they literally can, they, they, all the six wheels can turn in any direction and it can spin on the spot if it wants to, but never lose track of, of who's in its gun size. They got all these things ready for the streets. They've been working on them for years, for, for now. How do you get them on the streets? Well, you, you start defunding the police. It's wonderful, isn't it, really? How they always get what they want by creating the circumstances to get the public. So that's enough. We don't want the cops anymore, you see. Well, it just so happens we've got all these things to take their place then, you see. And There you go. But the video quality of these cameras on the lamppost, they're also uh, got audio. Every little bit of chat of everybody standing beneath it is all listened to, put in a massive database across the whole, across the nations, folks. This isn't freedom. This is not freedom at all. You're owned. You, you have less freedom than the, the cattle in a field. 
At least they can wander about in the field and no one's staring at them all the time. Mm-mm-mm. You're being redefined all the time. They're redefining humanity at the World Economic Forum and redefining the human, the individual. It's tragic that that school is where it all starts, isn't it? They indoctrinate them early at school. Uh, Very cleverly, too. It's like imprinting. The techniques that are used isn't the persuasion of a, a curriculum, a good teacher who understands the system and how to teach. It's toolkits designed for every age group. They know exactly how you'll think at the age of five or six on certain topics, or six and seven and seven and eight and so on. And, and it's so specifically well designed. They know, for instance, uh, who's going to laugh and, and tee, he and titter with certain topics at certain ages as an example. And who will object to them and, and what gender at a certain age is an example. And how they overcome that so, so smoothly today that even the few who won't go along with something can be coerced into going along and then imprinted with the basic idea of the new thought, the new thinking, the new way of viewing a particular area or topic of whatever it happens to be. And, it, and it's with them for life. And as they grow up, they don't realize that even entertainment is barraging them with, with the, the, the updates on their initial indoctrination in different areas constantly. Look into the Department of Cultures in your own country, or your state, or your province, or wherever you live in, and you'll see the tax money going into departments of culture. And go in and look in to see where the money... They also dish out uh, funding to different authors, as an example, of children's books, and children's movies, and children's TV shows. Uh, and they have, they, again, they've got laid out toolkits on what to implant in, in, your, in your shows, or even puppet shows, to get the ideas across for sustainability. So young children think, my God, the world's coming to an end, and I'm only five. And it's all my parents' fault. They're bad people. Well, if a child at five is getting taught that, what do you think they'll be like when they're 15 or 20? They'll be on the streets like they are now, eh? <laughs> so by, by design, it's not accidental. And some of them have even come out. I mentioned it recently. I put a link up to one of them and and one of these groups, who Extinction Rebellion, who's part of the propaganda. And see, so he's, he's 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 ashamed now that he he was taught and he was teaching folk to be terrified that the world's coming to an end. Young children, he says, we're telling them they have nightmares now. They'll never be normal. Your education is indoctrination for big agendas which you're unaware of. Absolutely. And you certainly don't want to end up being part of the swarm on the street. You pick on the weakest person, an old person or something. Somebody jumps on them and then, then you'll see them swarming like a, like a, like a hive. Woof. Kicking in the boots and the whole thing. Very, very brave people. Eh? It's, that's, what the, that's what the crowd does.
The crowd is not something, there's no sanity. It's a primal, primitive thing that takes over in the crowd. I mentioned it too in last week's, well, I was on uh, with Neil uh, last Wednesday, I think it was, from um, the Irish Sentinel. And they, they got hacked big time. And the streaming got cut short because it didn't stream at all, in fact. Uh, and I uh, luckily I managed to, to record it at my end. And, and eventually put it up. It took a lot of work because I used a, an old, old system I hadn't used for a, a few years to do the recording. So it wasn't the cleanest. But, but, but yeah, I've had the same problem in my computer systems too. Uh, if you speak out about what's happening today, you're hammered. Even my, my internet provider it hammers me and, and throttles me and chokes me off absolutely until literally um, you, when you're at stalling speed, where you're, when your internet should cut out altogether, it, 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 it crawls. It's worse actually at times than dial up. And, uh, and when you phone, there's no point phoning them up, they'll give you the runaround. But they've been told to do it, of course they are. You, know. you, you don't speak, you can't speak your mind up to date. There's no freedom of speech. You're under a totalitarian system. And if you look at even uh, the event 201 uh, that came out with the, with the, the, the warm-up, <laughs> and the one even two years before it, they had two, uh, the warm-up to the present so-called pandemic, with the same players that were attended at the Johns Hopkins uh, rehearsal, you might say, dress rehearsal, they said they would attack folk eventually, they would, wouldn't shut up, and were trying to say something else to the general public. They went through the scenarios of even having false news out there two years before it happened. All prepared for it. Here's the jet. Here's how we treat them all. And then they'll, then they'll block off your money, your income. Then they'll block off your, your, your ability to talk to the public. Silence you. And you've seen it all happen to lots of people. I get the same thing. I've had the same thing here for years before the, the pandemic. But that's what happens. You don't live in a free society. At all, you know. <laughs> You'll be left alone if you're just watching pornography and stuff that they want you to watch and do and do things what they want you to do. Come on, no problem. You're, problem. you're safe then. I can remember, <laughs> again, years ago, an old, um, an old preacher in the States, and, and he used to come out. He's got a character, you know. Very few characters amongst them. They're all rather like peace now, pod, but he was a real character. And he said, you know, he says, he says, Satan will leave you alone. He says, if you're just one of the crowd and doing, you know, like everybody else. He says, only when you start to see there's something really evil with the system that, that you'll start to get problems. And that's pretty well how it is, isn't it? You're left alone if you're one of his own, as they say. <laughs> but if you're, if you're trying to break away, then now you're a target. Because you're, you're, you're beginning to see, you know. You're beginning to see. As I said before, too, that, and I mentioned it last Wednesday doing that talk, that eventually I put it myself for the, the Irish Central. But the, 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 the absolute comparison of a psychopath with, with demonology, and I have no problems uh, talking about demonology. I don't care who poo poos it. I say everything else. You can poo poo everything unless you maybe experienced it. <laughs> At kind of close range at times. So who cares who poo-poos it and wants it to be or scientific? Look at the incredible deception you're under right now with science. <laughs> you're going to parrot that all day long, eh? 
already said get COVID, it's real, we're all going to die if you don't take a shot, you know. And you watch cops beating up folk and strangling folk because they won't put a mask on. And some I'll put some of these clips up too at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Quite a few little clips. I don't use YouTube too much. I can't get any speed because I'm getting so heavily choked. But I get little bits sent to me and so on. So I'll put them up. And even one from a doctor, another, another doctor woman who's pretty good. She's straightforward and she's talking about, I think her name is Majez. But I'll put her up, one up as well. But but I have no problem talking about demonology. And and I mentioned that Malachi Martin was one example. And it, it's so paradoxical, really, isn't it? How at one point he definitely was paid, and he was paid by a group inside the U.S. to really build up. Um, ammunition for an enemy of Vatican II who wanted to use it for their own agenda. And he, he was in the payroll, and he, he wrote something about, uh, under a different name, his brother Seraph, and he, put, he published a book, and hit his own church, and it was used against the church, and the church never recovered. I don't see the church was ever, ever perfect. The church, like every system, became corrupt long ago. Long ago. Doesn't mean it all became corrupt. But we know for even during the communist years in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, during the American Un-American Activities Commissions that they had, uh, they, they found a woman, I remember talking about her years ago, and uh, she admitted that her, her job as a communist organizer was also a selector. She selected people for different, different um, projects inside America. They put them into politics, naturally, but they also had other ones to, to go into the priesthood. And she was pick, particular, picking particular ones of certain persuasions to go into the priesthood. And that, that did come out, by the way. This is not happenstance or hearsay. This is, this is you can actually look it up and read, read the, the actual the inquiries about it at the time. And she put hundreds of people into the priesthood. They shouldn't have been there. They end up having their cabals. They're still affecting <laughs> the reputation of the Catholic Church to this day. They're really, you know. But again, Malachi Martin, as I say, he, he also talked about the CIA. You can see an old documentary by uh, when he was on as a guest, uh, being interviewed by William Buckley Jr. Now, William Buckley Jr. was admitted after he died, that he was also in the CIA, like many folk in the media. But in the actual interview, uh, Malachi Martin talked about the CIA being awfully... He talked about the same thing when he was on the Art Bell show, that, that the CIA used lots of uh, priests as intelligence sources because they were across the whole planet into countries that were also communist and enemies and so on. So I'm pretty sure Malachi Martin was, was well, well involved in that too. So he's a guy who eventually, as a Jesuit, ends up doing what many Jesuits have done, which was damage the church and in one big way, ends up writing books about possession and demons and demonology. Awfully good book to read, by the way, even, for, if, you, even if it's just psychology they're into, you can certainly get a lot from it. But you can get um, hostage to the devil. Awfully good graphic observations and interpretations of mental states at the very, very least, right? And behavior. 
which can all, all, of course, psychiatrists have put down as mental illness to the bitter end. It wouldn't make it matter what happened. It would be the bitter end. It would be mental illness to some kind or another. And uh, But you, you, the other side of it, too, is, is a derangement by other other forces. But when you put them down side by side, the, the, the possession, like perfect possession, is one category of possession, which is when a person is completely at, at home with with the spirit or entity that's within is in them. They're content, and they can work well together. Uh, the problems in in standard classical demonology is where a person fights, still, is still fighting and not completely taken over by the entity that's in them. And there's a bit of resistance still there. There's indefinite anxiety all the time, uh, maybe erratic behavior of all kinds in the process too. Often similar to the old bipolar or mild depressive disorders as well. That's very similar. Sometimes. Uh, but odd, odd behaviors always, you see. But when a person has deliberately taken an entity, an entity on board and sought it out, it's a different kettle of fish. And when you have an elite, not all of them, I mean, who knows, but, uh, but if you have an elite group that literally, maybe intergenerationally, have, have taken these things on board, definitely... Uh, they, they put out suggestions that some of the, the organizations they're into uh, through this, the last century and a half, uh, and, and occultic sort of sense with it, or even in the last couple of hundred years, in fact, or more, some, some branches, especially French Freemasonry, uh, they had some uh, branches within there, and in London, of course, with the Hellfire Club. You definitely had uh, this idea of eugenics, number one, of selective breeding, special breeding, uh, mating for different purposes than just being horny, <laughs> put that way. Uh, but but to actually create a, a type of a child, you, you find it going way, way back even to John Dee and the magical child that was eventually repeated and repeated all the way up to Crowley. So, so you're looking at something a bit different from that, from the usual uh, horror movie interpretation of it. So eugenics is definitely involved in it to an extent. When the Hellfire Club, like some of the, the, the top Masonic groups in, in Britain, had brothels attached to them. Not any old brothel. It was just for certain members. And some of them were selected because, and they're called dollies. The dolly is a, a, a carrier, a dolly, just like a, you, you, the, the anything that you push to carry luggage on is a carrier. They carried the genes, particular genes of, of higher families and so on. And part of the, the upper admission into some of the, and I'm not making this stuff up, this is from their old books and so on was that you would be given permission to mate with, with a particular one until she was pregnant, and then she would have an offspring, you see. And the, the, from one of these dollies, the carriers of the, of the, the right kind of genes, you know. And um, I could go on, on about that, because it's an interesting field of eugenics. And, and we also know, too, that Charles Darwin um, was the offspring between the Darwin family and the Wedgwood family, 
because they'd, they'd been doing it already for a few generations and after him too, still doing it. Just intermarrying with the same one family for special genetic uh, breeding of, of, of what they claim was a better trace. Make them, make them special. That, that continued right up into the, the 20th century, and I'm sure it still happens today with certain groups of them. And that's documented. It's not, it's not conspiracy at all. It's just documented history. Uh, and when he's, I think when he's, um, when he's, when his wife died, he, I think he married it was his mother's sister or something. It was something. It was really real, real in breeding for sure. And it's often thought that's part of the problem with the Darwins, because the. Uh, they end up having tremendous headaches as it was hereditary, and then when they when they cross matched into the Huxley family as well later on, uh, which they did uh, and intermarry eventually that way, uh, a lot of them had tremendous headaches and they were bedridden with and depressions. You know. So these were hereditary traits that would be passed on. You see, more so within breeding. So yeah, yeah, you have that. But now, supposing you go another level, you know, when you, when you want uh, to bring in the spirit, just like the ancient Egyptians talked about too, the opening of the mouth ceremony and so on, where you could they, they, they believed that it was a strange way of looking at things. It wasn't just reincarnation; it was it was um, transmigration of souls. Where if a father died, the pharaoh. And the son was nowhere near. He was off in a different province, maybe examining the province or something like that on some business. Then they couldn't just have... There had to be a proximity factor to, to transfer the spirit to the pharaoh. One of, one of the, the parts... They had a five-part soul, you see. One of the main parts, to put it into the son. And so they could they go through a ceremony, an elaborate ceremony, where they would say that they could store it in the mouth, you see, the opening the mouth ceremony in a statue, and then do the same thing, and then transfer it to the son when he got home. Uh, like, a, like a safe, put in a safe <laughs> for a while. And uh, they, they had very elaborate ceremonies about all these kind of, It was very important to them anyway, because they had so many different parts of spirit and soul in Egypt. But that became kind of pop this idea really fascinated people in the 1800s and uh, and they got into it some of the different occultic groups and we know too uh, that um, Yates and different people were heavily involved in the occults uh, in their time as well and much of the poetry in fact was put it was put out was actually ceremonies for those who don't know it you know it's quite interesting when you when you can actually understand what they're about but anyway, the idea was to, to bring something more important than you into, into your body. That's what Alistair Crowley was in. And he had a big following, remember? And lots of aristocracy were involved in it at that level too. And the artistic community, as usual as well, were involved in it. It didn't quite die off. And then they had a revival um, in the late 1800s with theosophy that, that tried to bring more and more and more of it and blend it with, with India. But there's almost that element of the, of the higher groups that, that go through elaborate ceremonies, even today, to bring a, a higher entity into, into certain, some people. Remember, there's branches of masonry that are, that are pretty well atheistic as well. Remember that as well. Yeah? But for the occultic groups, the, the, there certain ones that went all the way. Often as an excuse, perhaps, for free sex as well and all the rest of it. But, but some of them still believed that there was a higher 
that these were entities of superior beings they could bring into themselves or people who had lived long, long before them. And some of the groups saw these entities as gods, ancient gods, you see. And uh, it wasn't a unique idea at all. It's, it flourished in ancient times in the Middle East and, and even in ancient Hebrew. Uh, in Judaism, early Judaism too, they had this idea, a different view on uh, good and bad, right and wrong, as they have today. is different again, different changes. But when Judaism took on Kabbalism and really pushed it, the early ones uh, saw these entities um, that could be used. Today, you, in, in Christianity, you look upon things as demons. But um, in Judaism, there were entities that you could call down if you knew their names. Again, it's very Egyptian in a way as well, or taken from Egypt and, and other areas around that area. Even previous to Egypt, in fact, I'm sure. Many, many thousands of years old, these ideas proliferated and were copied by different cultures down through time. But the idea was that, that especially when you when you worship people as gods, like pharaohs, and it was unthinkable often for the people to believe that the pharaoh's body died, so therefore that what was in him, this powerful being inside him, the spirit, was dead too. So they would they would say that uh, they would think it went on, as it could, could even be transferred to the son of the pharaoh, and therefore they were looked upon as gods. Immortal gods, even if the if one body died, they'd have another one to enter into. So you're, you're into the same area as demonology. And as I say, John Dee was really into this. He, he learned the, the Kabbalah and, and Hebrew. He was a real devotee. And uh, the idea was to, to call down these entities and use them. And not to be afraid of them, you see. Uh, with the idea that you could do that, if you knew the right, almost code words, you could make, like passwords like computers, <laughs> you could make them do your bidding. That was the idea. That's the idea behind all magic. And of course, Alistair Crowley took the same idea that he, he didn't invent, and and pushed it too into into more practice, into a more real practice, physical practice, into into his little society they had around him. Uh, and that that's continued up until they had a big explosion again with the new age, as they call it, new age, in the nineteen sixties onwards with the with the hippies. They introduced all this stuff again, uh, and again the theosophy idea of blending spirit with science, which Blavatsky boasted about. That was their goal. Odd, odd thing to say, isn't it? Until and it struck me when I was looking at the. Again, the World Trade Organization and the World Economic Forum. They're all the same members, by the way, that, that, that run all these things. Uh, and again, reimagining humanity. And in it, of course, they have the whole idea of life extension, which they do have today. They've had it for quite a while. But uh, I remember watching a little clip that someone sent me, and it was from Israel. And it was someone, uh, it was a scientist, a well-known scientist over there, in a, in a general talk and there's a lot of people coming into the room as he's starting his talk, and they were, they were kind of uh, yapping away as the man was trying to speak. But he said quite casually there, he says, of course, you know that, that if, if you've got a, a spare $7 million that you, 
to spend. He says, we can keep you alive till you're 140 today. That's what he said. So, so nonchalantly too. You know? No, he didn't elaborate and say it's with, with, with just lots of transplants and so on. It would entail a lot more than that, I'm sure. But it, it can be done. And I remember years ago too, I think it was David Suzuki mentioned it too in one of his his TV talks when he was on about um, the same guy who, t- who compared humanity's levels of parasites or really um, living off, off the dung of the ones above them. That's why we said it to your students. Eh? The dropping of, of the ones above them as we classified society. Anyway, he, he mentioned too that uh, one, at one time that they could pretty well stop the time gene, the clock, and, and the gene, the genetic structure, and telomeres and so on. At that time, that was years ago, if they wanted to. And I'm sure many folk have had it. We know that old man Rockefeller died when he died there a few years ago. I think he was 103. That he was still giving talks and traveling the world up until the end. You know? He didn't seem to have the old age illnesses like arthritis or stone deaf or blind or whatever. And he was able to stand and give his talks. I think it did come out, he'd had a few uh, heart transplants, maybe three of them or four, who knows. But uh, I'm sure there are a lot more to to it than that, because they don't come down, if you notice, with senility either. eh? Their arteries are cleaned out, cleaned, and and the blood flow is good, etc. Anyway, that's a whole whole different parcel of an area to itself. But the thing is, this drive for immortality... And don't think I'm getting off the topic about demonology. The drive for immortality, as I, as I mentioned on that last Wednesday's show, Neil Foster and Reality Bites Radio, was that a demon, a demon is a bodiless entity. It, 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 has, it can't experience anything unless it's inside a physical body. And then you have a whole range of senses that come into play in a physical body. That's heaven to a demon. You see, otherwise it's like an it's like an enclosed off. It's like something floating in, in the the blankness of space, and it's living its in its own mind. But if you put a demon into a body, then suddenly all this, all this this one the wonders of sensation and experience comes into play, and therefore they don't want to leave it. You see. Or if they leave it, or if they've killed it, if the host, if the host is fighting and they kill it, uh, then they want to move into another one immediately. So heaven to a demon is the physical world. For 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 people who live in the physical world, their heaven is away from the physical world. It's the opposite, which is interesting to me anyway. Jesus say in the New Testament, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. So a whole religion is based on a different world for a spirit to go to, you see. But a demon wants the opposite. It comes from another world, another realm, and wants to exist permanently here. Well, look at the elite and look at the drive. Using all your tax money, for, for experimentation for, for the last couple of hundred years, at least, big time, for life extension for themselves. 
right down to, to possible, uh, not, not just even creating clones for each other. That, that's been a big drive for a long time. Oh, my God, they said in the 90s, we could probably create clones for ourselves and just keep them for body parts. This is how they explained it to the public. They had big pushes on this, by the way. And don't think for that they had never done it. Laws, the laws that you, they're not, they don't go by the laws they give for you, for you, you know. They have, they have authorized institutions for themselves way above all of this. And then you had movies like The Island uh, to do with them, even cloning body parts, getting, you know, I'm sure they're a good chuckle at all that kind of thing. And not to be confused with, the, with, with the, there's other old, old movies called The Island. It's a different thing that was from, from um, Dr. Moreau's uh, Island, you know, the, 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 an old idea of, of experimentation. It was H.G. Wells did it too. They owned off Dr. Moreau. So anyway, a demon wants to live forever in this world. You look at the elite and the drive they have to live permanently and stop the time clock in this world. They had, they've had so many articles out, and, and, and their books as well, not just magazines, and for general television and so on. So many articles about that very thing that would be wonderful for them to live forever and just stop the time gene, maybe at the age of 25 or something. You know? So you'd be the peak of health and you'd never age. You would never come down with, with old age illnesses. Your eyes, in your eyesight, should be as good at the age of 500 as it was when, you're, when, you, when, you, you, when you actually hit 25 and they stopped the time clock. You know? What you're looking at is what a demon would want. To live forever in the physical world, isn't it? It's, that is its heaven. So you can toss things around all you want, and I don't mind tossing all these ideas in my, around my head. I have no problem with them at all. I have no problem with folk who will ridicule it either. I say, oh, he's a fanatic or a nutcase. I don't care what folk think about it. It's, it's something you think about, isn't it? When you see the similarities, as I said before, things quiet like a duck and walk like a duck. It's generally a duck. So regardless of what you, how you want to define it, it is the same process that something is after for the same reasons, isn't it? Psychopathic, mental illness, demonology. is so similar, isn't it? And so I wouldn't poo-poo things that, that easily if I were, were you. I really can't imagine the people who formed the Bolshevik slaughter teams that are well documented by themselves and by the orders put out by Lenin to these groups as being basically just pure, if, if that's what human is, you understand we're done for. If humans are, are, are the cold-blooded humanistic types of psychopaths, <laughs> call it that, yeah, that are atheistic, they have no, no problems, God is dead, therefore everything that was impossible is now possible. Hmm? If that's what humans are, we're in big trouble. And the more you start to believe that, that, that that's, that is their sciences, you know, that, that is the sciences, humanism is, a, is the, the new religion, it's a good thing, you better say God help us, because nothing else will, because you'll go along with their terrible plans. I really mean that. The Bolsheviks, as I've said, 
we're given instructions, just like Antifa, right? At the moment, you're actually seeing very carefully constructed um, Bolshevik techniques being used right now by design. It's not by accident. And Lenin said, he said, to get the, 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 the little farmers all on board here, to terrify them into submission and to give up all their crops and all their rights and their property, and, and their religion, <laughs> and to accept us as, as the dominant force of government. It, it, it says, just go into little towns and villages, pick people who, who have more say or who are looked up to. They don't have to be wealthier even than the average peasant. Just pick them, a few of them, maybe five per village or more, and, and, and horribly execute them. And, and order that everybody must attend their execution. And what they did, they cut the intestines, the small intestines, at the lower part where it touched, touched the large intestines, and brought it out of the abdomen. They would tie them to, to posts in town and make the person walk round and round and round. It's unraveled. And this, is, this is the truth, folks. I know it's unpleasant. But you understand something. Horror always repeats itself unless you're willing to look at horror in the face. Otherwise, you're not going to stop it happening again. And that's how they, and they watched them until the people just fell down dead. And horrible, terrible pain and horrible. And believe you me, that technique had everybody on their knees to communism very quickly. Horrible, isn't it? This, this isn't made up. This is, you can find the old writings, disclosed stuff from the old communist archives too, in the Soviet Union. And that's where humanism will, will get you, because there's nothing else to elevate humanity as something special. And regardless of what religion you're looking at, religion always appealed, especially to young people, when you're willing, you're not jaded with the, with the, 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 the drudgery or the, or the nastiness of everyday life by those who rule you. It wears you down. And you're optimistic, perhaps, because you're young. And you feel great and you're healthy, you hope. <laughs> but you, you do know that there's something beyond all of this. Every child goes through it, I think. Almost, almost every child goes through it, what they used to. Where they look into areas that, that, that were looked down upon by the general religions, but they would at least look into them and see what if, and maybe it could be, and blah, blah, blah. And you just know, because your intuition isn't just intuition at that stage. There's another element where you'd sit with your buddies, you know, and you'd start singing the same line of a song at this precise moment that a person would start singing, out of the blue. Hadn't thought about it all day, it would just come out, things like that. And then you look at each other and laugh. That that's so common when you're young. You, you, you're unfortunately with this system, it's knocked out of you so quickly. By the system, because it's, it's a clue. There's something else beyond the basic two and two equals four here. There's another element to it, and if you, and it's the same element that would guide you in to the deeper truths 
to do with a belief system that accepts something called the supernatural. And it's a supernatural that, gave you, that, that, that accepted and gave you rights as a human being. A human being wasn't something that would just be slaughtered because you're in the way of progress, like it is in an atheistic society. You understand? And humanism, there's no reason why an authority shouldn't eliminate you if you're in the way of anything. There's no morality there. Morality comes from your, your, your acceptance of something bigger than yourself. And if you accept something bigger than yourself that you are aware of, then you're aware that, other, that this bigger thing gives the rights to other people as well, other humans as well. It's part of the affinity you have as a human being for others. Don't forget Julian Huxley. You should read what he wrote about for UNESCO in his speeches too. He mentioned them. What he talked about society and, and how he says we will have to knock Humanity off its pedestal as being a superior species on the planet with all of its rights in order to dominate and change society and, and guide it. Who is the we he's talking about here? Huh? This is the same guy that was a, a co-founder of Planned Parenthood. We shall have to do. We shall knock us off. Well, once you're knocked off, and, and they put, and they tell you, and convince you, through the countless TV programs, eh, with the furry animals, that you're just another furry animal, maybe furry if you're, any, if you're not bald. But uh, yeah, yeah. And once you start to believe it, you, I'm sure you all know folk who went all, and even in, maybe in college or school, or, or even afterwards, they went along with someone. Oh well, you know, we're just animals. And, and these same people, you know, would never be upset if someone that was being abused by a system in their own or other countries it wouldn't upset them. It's just so because that's where you end up when you just when you accept and you've come to conclude you're just an animal. Well, animals don't do this to other animals. What humans do? This, don't forget, <laughs> animals generally don't even kill other animals in a fight. And what they will fight about is, are very basic things. Very basic things. Mates, you know, for mating. Uh, food. Very few, very few needs, you see. But humans are not the same. We, we, plan, we, we can plan wars. Wars that go to almost the level of extinction sometimes. Because we have a different brain, and we can, and we're awfully good, awfully good, at finding, at creating things, like machines of destruction. Oh, we're awfully good at that. Eh? Oh, look at all these COVID ideas. Look what broke out of that. The information that broke out from all the labs. Eh? But I, I was giving these talks years ago, but I said my my biggest fear is not the atom bomb. It's the it's a biowarfare industry. 
And they really do think, have things which really could wipe us out. If they, the only reason they don't really give out their utter, their really lethal stuff is because they don't want to kill themselves either. <laughs> Even if they, if they have real vaccinations against them, which they actually have created, by the way, in the biolabs, you can't do one change uh, in um, gain of function from one part to the next to the next without having an antidote to each part of it. That's something they don't tell you in the media these days. Eh? They used to. That's a law. But they still don't trust it even for the elite themselves in case the thing did mutate afterwards and still killed them. So that's the only reason these things haven't been let loose en masse. They've been well tested in different places across Africa, I'm sure. That a lot where a lot of them break out, supposed to just break out, eh? <laughs> and can be awfully easily observed and contained and kept quiet often too through bribery. But the world, the world's a nasty place because the people who rule it, you have to ask yourself, are they really just, just people? Or are they, again, okay, you say, oh, fine, in an atheistic society, they're just atheistic humanists. They see no problem with, or not about a psychop- psychopathy there, and have no problem in eliminating enemies or focused on in the way to get their big agendas through. Now, the studies on on psychopaths also as we understood that when they rule societies and they've taken it over even long ago through intermarriage, you know, conquerors would marry the daughters of conquerors and and then you end up with awfully good uh, psychopathic conquerors, right? But you end up with a, a, in a materialistic system where you, where you elevate them up to be ultra rich and you worship them as, and then you've, you've got a, a massive media which they also own that constantly praises them and say how wonderful most folk already worship the, the, the celebrities because not because they're any good at it, because they're, they're rich they're stinking rich so you've been given a materialistic culture based on materialistic religion in a sense it becomes a religion and it's humanistic and and they're important what you're like you've been conditioned to see these people are important and as you go down the sliding scale to little old Jew, then you're not so important. You're getting the point here. It's quite easy to condition the public into that mode of being. I'm not so, I guess I'm not so important after all. And then your choices eventually when you're laid off from work, and it's because it's all been given by the elite to China in the Far East, they end up on the street somewhere, hopefully in a warmer place, because it'd be murder in the winter. Or you can take drugs and, and speed up their death that way, which they make sure is, are well supplied. You're living in an amazing system, you know. Look at the police forces of the world let loose upon people who might not want to wear a mask or they can't wear a mask. No, that does any good. It's got nothing to do with it working. Cops like to beat folk up who won't comply with the herd. It's a uniformity. You don't just wear uniform, you become uniform. It's a uniformity of society. So they don't like anything that doesn't comply. And when they're given permission to beat you up, they go with it with gusto, you know. Sometimes they'll enjoy their work then. That's the kind that will go and apply for those kind of work. Especially today, they've been brought up in the same Xboxes as the generation that goes into the military, don't forget that. There's no moral questions in war games and Xboxes. It's just how many folk can you kill and can you win? That's it. End of that problem, right? Eh?
But so, they'll, yeah, they'll get let loose on the folk, but they won't wear a mask. And you can see what's happening. They'll strangle them. They'll beat them on the head. Just, I've got another video I put up a guy in a subway, I think it was. And he, had, he said, he had, like most of them, they have permission not to wear a mask because they've got bronchial problems and asthmas and different things. That makes no difference to these cops. Because, you see, they pick on easy prey. These same cops won't go near a Black Lives Matter revolution <laughs> across Britain and other countries that's got nothing to do with what happened in America. <laughs> and it's getting used for other purposes, as you know. These cops won't know where to be seen. But they'll pick on some lone character in a subway and they'll jump on them and beat them up and damage them and that's okay. Or some woman in Australia, you see one where she's getting strangled, another one that was trying to organize an anti-mask and anti-lockdown movement, it busted her home and grabbed her and arrested her too. And our guy did the same thing too, who didn't go to the meeting, eventually tried to call it off and they busted his house with a battering ram. But when it came to, the, to, to other big <laughs> peaceful demonstrations, let's call it that way, nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. What works through them? It's the same herd mentality. It's a crowd again. We don't jump on the easy victim. It's the same thing they say with a woman who, who gets followed to be raped by somebody that rapists somehow sense the personality that they're after. Maybe, who knows, what the, maybe the way they walk or the something tells them they're not so confident. Or so, I've known what, I, I hadn't really studied it, but you, you'll see these different articles on, on studying the victim, what, what makes the people pick that particular woman. And uh, right down to pheromones and things like that. And, but it's the same thing with with the crowds you'll see in Portland and um, Kenosha. You'll see these fucking night with skateboards too. They, you don't just have these skateboards. You have the guys that scout around looking for targets and things like that. And uh, they pick someone that's, that's easy to pick on. And immediately you'll see a bunch of them just moving in for the kill, you know. That's the, they're, they're cowards on their own, but it's, it's a swarming. That's what they call it, swarming. But cops can do the same thing again on the general public when they're given permission, you see. So you have to really stand back and see what kind of world that we're living in, what kind of world that we want right now, and what's running this world at the top, at the very top. Huh? You, you remember, and it's not laughable, I mean, for you... you, you there's no such thing as conspiracy theory when you have the facts that the media themselves, the same ones that make call you conspiracy theorists, come out with them and tell you about it. I can remember years ago when Prince Charles talked about being part of the Olympians. He was an Olympian, he said. Well, he wasn't talking about running a mile. Charlie couldn't run 10 yards. But he's an Olympian. It's a, it's a big group, a group of the, you know, the higher gods, the idea of the gods back in the old cult. And Alistair Crowley's his example where, and back in the ancient Hebrew, where they could bring down a, a demon and use them for their own purposes. A god. They believed they were gods, you see. And that's still in, in the occult religions of today, the idea of bringing down gods. 
for different reasons, the gods of just an air, fire, and water, and so on. It's got specific gods for specific reasons, and, and, and uh, this, these are old, old religions. They really believe them. They don't believe there's any right and wrong, you understand. It's a matter of knowing. The coding in Kabbalah, and deep Kabbalah, and then into the really higher occults of demonology, is... As I say, to call down the right kind of entities for the right kind of jobs and purposes to be used by you as a magician on other people. And, and, and they still have them through talismans today. If you go into Israel, you'll see certain, certain rabbis actually really are, are dedicated to this particular field. It's interesting. So much so that their, their rooms uh, are covered in talismans to protect them, just like any... Magi in any area, in any religion, in any era, your big fear is bringing, uh, having things come back on you by other Magi that are opposing you, or maybe you've opposed them in the past. So you end up in a paranoid state where you're terrified to just go to sleep, you see. But you do have the people at the top who join these elite clubs and uh, they believe that they're who knows what kind of ceremony a Charlie boy went through to come out as an Olympian, eh? Because the old idea of the Olympians were the gods up and up and high, like the Zeus and so on, they looked down. You have Hera there, and they looked down on their little people, and they'd use the little people beneath them as playthings or chess pieces. If we look into ancient times, we'll find there's always stories and religions and histories about those who seek immortality, generally from the upper crust, because they, they have a life of luxury. They, they love life more than most folk. They have much better health generally because the best food, they get best food and warmth and accommodation. Things are taken care of by managers on their behalf, basically. Uh, just like the modern ones, too, the multi-billionaires and trillionaires have estate managers and business managers. All the problems are dealt with for them. They don't have to worry their little heads and go get stressed out about things. So it's all done for them. So they love life more than most people, you see. And they have life extension. They don't get old age problems because they've advanced medical treatments for things for themselves. And they, more than anything else, they love life more than most folk who are beaten down and worn down with it, or sick as well. Uh, therefore, down through the ages, it's been kind of similar. Therefore, the, the elite, the ultra-elite, have always sought after immortality, and they have it written into stories and folklore and folk stories, and along with religions as well. So uh, it's still here today. So you can take the atheistic point of view, the humanistic point of view, that's just part of, of uh, human nature, to want that forever. But what I'm pointing out is, is, is there more to it or not? Because as a psychopath who really loves life, Who's riding high on the backs of everybody else? They love. They certainly do love life. They don't want to get off this planet here. And then you have other ideas to do with religion and, and demonology. I like to compare all these different things, regardless of what you want to believe or think about it. Shows look at all the different avenues that bring you to the same, the same questions. As, as they're still doing the same today, aren't they? As they've been doing for thousands of years by using us all for their own particular agendas, including, you know, Julian Huxley and uh, transhumanism. He came out with the term in his own writings at the time, and it's been copied ever since. 
merging themselves and through all the sci-fi movies you've seen merging themselves into the computer system the internet system like the lawnmower man and even transferring their whole their whole intellects their whole awareness their being with engrams in their in their brains into computers it's all the same agenda isn't it by the same kinds of people and you have to ask yourself what really does drive them because they don't see themselves. I don't think they ever have seen themselves as a part of general society like Bertrand Russell and, and, and his ilk. And he said that, that eventually the elite will be pretty well a separate species from the rest of the population. And here we are. So take your pick what you want to think about it, but don't rule out anything at all. But that's the kind of characters you have. Then you have the guys like Bill Gates who... Is so full of himself. What is in this man? What what is in? We should say in, in in literature, what possesses a man? Eh? And it's maybe more more to it than you think. But what makes him think he's got the right to to reconstruct the world? And on whose behalf? Because he's he's a front man too in his own particular field. There are certain ones that are the front distributors of big money to different NGOs and other organizations and corporations. And he's one of them. He's a distributor, mainly, than anything else. And a promoter of one, one particular area for himself, which is Gavi and, and vaccination. And he's said quite openly in his talks that it would also help reduce the population by giving vaccines out. So if you want to take vaccines that this man's been had any any finger and stirring up the vaccine pot, hubble bubble and toil and trouble, but well, good luck to you if you still believe it. What a terrible thing to do is, to, is, is, is just to go ahead and accept it. When he said it himself, eh? Mm-mm-mm. And yes, once again, I'll, I'll mention the articles that have been in the newspapers, and I had them up myself on my site years ago. And gave the talks in it when he and Oprah and a bunch of them had, the, they called it, nicknamed it the Lucky Gene Club as well, but they were there for eugenics. And they talked about overpopulation problems in the world. See, most ordinary folk would feel embarrassed about even going near a topic like that. If, if a group got together, just your, your friends and acquaintances, and you're just casually chatting about all kinds of things, and then... Well, you know, there are too many folk in the world, you know. Well, what can be done about it? Well, you know, and then, but you'd always end up going back to square one where you just don't know what you could do about it, etc., etc. If you meet someone that says, well, I know what I'll do if I get any power, then you should really start to perk up and say, wait a minute, who are you? <laughs> and who gives you the right to decide, eh? Huh? Don't forget that Kissinger put that that ruling through for that that was a, not a bill as such, but it was a it was something to do with the, the state of the nation. And he said, and he said at the time, he says the greatest war, fear we have, uh, the biggest enemy to the state is overpopulation. And he put the bill through. It was mainly aimed, we folk thought at the time, towards third world countries, and that included not feeding them. That's just a big. This is. I mean, eugenics comes up with these topics. It will bring you into these topics if you even go near the topic. Should you feed these folk or not? That's what you said. It says because folk are starving is is not in itself a good reason just to feed them. He was talking about not just overpopulation, but places like Bangladesh, which at that time were heavily influenced by communism. So his idea was, if you feed them, 
you'll breed more communists. See? Everything's a weapon, isn't it? Everything you need is a weapon. Like food, I need food, therefore. Okay, therefore, therefore. That's how it goes. And guys like him, who work for a different agency than you'll ever imagine, they're way above the CIA, they're the top ranks of the CIA, just above it, actually. Go off in tangents that they're nothing to do with helping you as a country. Folk, folk who are in the CIA and have been in it never, never figured it out themselves on, on the middle and lower levels as to why they've done so many things that did not benefit Americans at all. So yeah, you're living in a, in a, with a different system over you, but yeah, eugenics is a, an amazing field. When the, the top, when you get rich folk who are awfully rich, who also belong to clubs that know that they have authority because they're so secretive, and it has everybody who's anybody in it that's got any kind of power at all in the financial area of the world, like the World Bank the, and the IMF and so on. And here they are discussing eugenics and ways to reduce the population. Well. When they say ways to reduce the population, they're including you all in it. I hope you understand. They're not saying, but they don't mean me. (laughs) Oh, yes, they do. And it isn't just about you having children. Because when you're saying, well, they don't mean me because you decided they don't want to have any children. No, you're useless eater. They're they're eating and using up the Earth's resources. And they come out with all these different um, um, equations. as how much carbon you produce in your lifetime just by existing. Little old you, eh? <laughs> These are the monsters. These are the same monsters, by the way, that sat back and, and, and helped create the Soviet system, the revolution that slaughtered millions in, in Russia. Right through its whole existence. The same people, uh, and it quickly goes through it as one branch of it, the Council on Foreign Relations, the helper group, I'd say, and the outer circle of friends and so on. They were fascinated at the Royal Institute for International Affairs by the setting up. And when they called it the Milner Group at the time, that morphed into the, the you know, Royal Institute for International Affairs. But they were fascinated by observing it as a big experiment on a a good part of that continent, this communist idea. Oh, let's slaughter all, all the folk who had any power, the middle class, and, and just wipe them all out and replace them with a different middle class, as you know. And then wipe out stacks and stacks of farmers to create a famine. And then when folk are starving, you can dictate to them and they'll, do, they'll jump to wherever you, if, if you offered them any kind of food at all, they'll jump. That's what they did. But they studied them. And they, the Bolsheviks were financed. They, they, they trained them in, a lot of them in America. They, they'd run America years before these revolutionaries, when they called it the International Revolutionary Party. They, they had big meetings in New York City in the open air. Read the book. You can see the old photographs, yeah. And they were trained on, on standard oil property, some of them, as the warrior class, the fighters, the army. And then he sent them over to Russia and let them loose. And then observed it all. Mass, mass slaughter. And they called it the second great experiment. The first was America. The second one was a different system. It was to be oh, a communistic system. 
and they studied them, and they, we fed them, because they starved themselves, and we sent them clothing. And when the World Bank was up and running, it financed them for its entire existence. And we paid off a lot of their debt for its entire existence in the West with their taxes. Big experiment. How many millions of folk were slaughtered for this big experiment? Eh? Well, you better get through your heads. It's the same people and their descendants who run the Gates Group and the foundations, who run the World Economic Forum, who run the World Bank, the Bank for International Settlements, the IMF, the United Nations. It's the same group who own it all and run it all. And you're all part of the present big experiment as they go into the next technological, post-industrial and post-consumerist society into austerity, forced austerity. You better start to understand what's really going on here. Because these people at the top of this lot, or even, in the, even who are not at the top, like the Bill Gates, they're higher, much higher than you, but... They have no problem dictating how they're going to, what they're going to do with you And how you're going to be pincushions for vaccines by a law, which they run, that they're claiming. Or you're not going to be allowed to, 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 to ever live in the same way again. You can't go out, in, out at your home. You can't go out and shop. You can't, you can't do anything. It's their way or no way. For the rest of your life, whatever, whatever kind of life you're going to have. And they're going to make you wear identity bracelets, electronic ones, if you won't go along with it. And if you've got a smartphone, then you've got to have it with you everywhere you go because it's going to have the same function of monitoring you all the time. Total spy network system. They mean what they say, folks. Who gave them this, this right? Who, who are they? These guys obviously believe that they are the gods. They can dictate to the rest of us, and they can either let your 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 uniformed official cops, uh, like that like Australia is doing, let them loose on the general public with full force. Or in the West, they might just use revolutionary groups of youngsters that, that are again the misfits, most of them. Who they're getting paid to do it too a lot. The leaders are definitely the leaders are. They get paychecks for it at the NGOs at that, that level. They get well paid. The followers don't don't know. Although they're getting their unemployment money to go <laughs> right now, it's quite astonishing. But that's what they can use on the general public as they bring down America. Don't forget again where they want to bring America down too. They published it all, and so did Britain with their strategic think tanks for the military department, Department of Defense. They want to bring it down to the city-state, get rid of the nation. So there'll be a few city-states in America. Huh? Remember that? It's all gone through your years and out the other one again and gone lost in a trail of exhaust or, or vapor. Vapor trail. How do you think they're going to get to that stage? Do you think they just imagine? Whatever they write in these programs, they plan it. And to plan it, it means you make it happen. The only thing is unthinkable, because to you it's unthinkable. You would never do that. But these are the planners we're talking about. How would they get you to the same system? And I've mentioned it before. Isn't it odd 
that the Communist Manifesto has pretty well been completely, the planks of it, uh, fulfilled, eh? With the, the starting off with the elimination of the family unit, as an example. And then the, then the youngsters are, are owned by the state. The state gives them their value system, as Russell said, and others said too. Etc., etc., all the way down to eventually the withering away of the nation state. And that's exactly what the Royal Institute for International Affairs wanted, the Milner Group that, that ran the British Empire. Isn't it rather coincidental, do you think? Eh? It's all the same endings that they have. Freemasonry, Albert Pike, the end of the family unit again, the end of private property. What a coincidence. Eh? End of private property for all you lot, but not for the elite at the very, very top. I always love that little statement by George Orwell, because he was on about utopias. They always give you utopias, you see, to get the, you go along with it. He says, some are more equal than others in such utopias. Well, that's always the way it's been, and that's always the way it will be. Why should the ones who bring you carnage and destruction, for the good of all and the good of the people, not live better than you. That's the first thing they'll tell you. <laughs> and eat better than you, and so on and so on. Never ending. Remember again, cutting through the matrix.com and send me a few bucks away before you forget. And these are long talks, and I have one person, or one person only, and I, I know what he means. He's in England. He says it's too long for him. I think he's, he's older, maybe. But he said, he said that uh, it's often harder for him to find out where he left off if it wants to continue the talk maybe in the next day or something or later on that day. And I know what he means, but uh, the same token, th- these are emergency times. And these are emergency broadcasts in a sense because um, I always knew it would come to this. I always did. And as I said before, we're going through incredible history. This is more profound than even World War II, by the way, for the changes that, that the system wants to, to make on itself, on behalf of those who own it and rule it. And who are quite confident about it, until y'all just stopped going along with it. They can't do it without, again, with the, the greatest con, you've got to participate in it all for your own destruction. Without it, they can't do it. Uh, and I think about it too, in, in Australia, uh, well, he, the problem is everywhere, television is the biggest weapon. It's so weaponized to terrify the public. Everybody who watches it, they can't believe it's a big show. It terrify them for no reason. So their sanity is questioned, you see. They can't believe that those that control it, that they think they elect and they think it's all there. They think the TV's there, there to serve them. Can you believe that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> really th- I, I can remember old miners in Britain. There's a park there and, and they'd have, they'd have the seats there and the guys would, the old retired guys would would sit there and, and chat away and smoke their pipes and and chat about articles, newspapers at that time. And if you're youngsters and you're running around playing over the place, you listen to the chit-chat 
And they knew everybody who, who owned newspapers. They knew who, who, the, who the moguls were by name, by their families, by their history, and what they're all about and what they pushed and promoted. Today, nobody, everybody believes it's all real, it's all genuine, it's all there for their benefit. Like Zygmunt Brzezinski said eh? in his book, Between Two Ages, he says, he said that most people, he said, at the moment, he says, and it's intensifying, he said, and this is in the 1970s he wrote the book, he says most folk can only repeat for topics of conversation what they heard on the previous night's news. But he says the time will come where they'll not only depend on that for information, right? and can be fed the information, he said, but, but it says it's coming very quickly. Is that they're, 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 they'll they, they'll come to ex, to expect the media to do their reasoning for them, not just their thinking, but their reasoning for them. I won't worry about working that out. They must have a good reason for doing it. You know, that's what folks say. Well, yeah. and if the media doesn't tell warn them about something, uh, they won't think about doing anything themselves to save themselves either. They really believe it's an appendage to their brain. Like a little extra box attached to their brain. That's this, 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 be careful of this and go along with that for your own safety. So they'll go along. And that, that's what it's like today. They're, they're so brainwashed. And the incredible terror that's pushed into them. That, that if, if the, the, the cops were, were told to be as cruel as they are in Australia and overboard with it all, then the, the folk will sit back that's brainwashed. Well, I guess they deserved it. You know, they put us all at danger. What an amazing psychological warfare that's going on right now. Mm-mm-mm. And if you could delay it or, or subvert it in some way and wake people up, enough people up, you'd have to deal. And really, this is not just me coming to these conclusions. You'd have to deal with, with the, the war leak on top of all of this, that create all this. It's a war, remember, on you. That includes politicians. It includes the Bill Gates and all these characters that are mandating that, that they're going to turn you into a pincushion to take their, their uh, you know, corporate vaccines for corporations. They're, they're going to make you uh, change your whole way of living with wearing, wearing prisoners' bracelets in your own homes if you won't comply, and so on. And so, you'll have to try them all, and they've crashed the world's economy. Millions of folk are suffering here across the planet. There's folk dying, not because of COVID, but to the reactions to it all, you see. And you'd have to literally deal with these people as war criminals because it's deliberate, the collusion is incredible, and that goes for all the people in the media too that are pushing all this stuff. No excuse for this, for what's going on. They know what they're doing. They know this is a war of terror on the public by the media and all the help they get from experts and psychologists and so on. And, and that's a fact too. Your tax money is being put to these behaviorists, 
and, and the behavioural insights teams and the SAGE groups in Britain. I've read put all these articles up before where they gave money to them uh, to even advise and how to advise the media and to terrifying the public even more if they're not complying. They want to terrify you and increase anxiety. These are the words they use, to increase the anxiety of the public. Don't be afraid to put the pressure on and hype up the, the, the fear. These people have to be tried in criminal course as enemies of the people. Because that's what they're doing. And this is the danger point, because now that folk are, are knowing this and realizing it and understanding it, this is when horror gets stepped up another notch by those who, who have the most to lose. This is history, folks. That's what happens in history. This is the danger time, when they, when they realize that, no, the people have noticed them. We've noticed who they are and what they're up to and what they've done the consequences of what they've done. So they have to get, become even more horrific or go on to plan B, C, or D, which might be even worse. <laughs> but regardless, it has to be stopped. They, they plan to destroy the whole world's economy, bring everybody to their knees. There's definitely famine breaking out in different parts of the world. I said this would happen way back in February. What do you expect? You shut the oven down and you, and, you, and you just wait to see what's going to come on. They, they know what they're doing. <laughs> Quite something, eh? Then you have folk in the States who think that if Trump gets in, they can fix it all. They don't even understand what Trump's even about. Who does? I said in the last election that Americans had nobody to vote for in any party that's really American. But Trump ran on the, on the, the idea, he, he backed by the big pharma companies. He said he would, he would decrease the, the time for experiment, uh, experiment, experimental drugs and so on. And, and they would cut the, the, the time it would take and the years it would take for experimental testing to go on. He said, and this was when he ran the first time he said all that. Have you ever listened to his talks? I did. I also listened to Obama's talks when he ran. When he talked about the money it was spent on his grandmother who had a terminal illness, was a waste of money. We could use it, getting folk ready to the idea for euthanasia. Why waste money on old folk? And we can get better things we could use it on, you know, etc. Et We're living through a horror show and the folk don't recognize it. It doesn't fit in with, with your cozy idea that has been created in you that the world is. It's not cozy at all. It's fake. That's a fake idea. This is not Andy of Maybury. Nothing is. A sentient creature, like, an, like a fox. And foxes tend to go the same kind of routes every other night, you see. I can tell in the winter time. I know some of the foxes, but one of them came in the door a couple of years ago. And I've seen them since, by the way. In the middle of winter, it was freezing, and I fed them. But anyway, they tend to, you can tell by their tracks that they've been in the winter, and they'll come the same routes looking for the same, maybe a grouse or something, on something that's still on the ground. And um, if anything's changed, if a, if a tree has fallen, or even a branch has blocked a, a road or a path, they'll stop dead. If you watch them doing it from a window, and, and you'll see them going around it and watching it carefully, for, and, and look all around... That's a natural way to be. That's called survival. 
using its natural abilities and instincts for survival. It doesn't jump over a branch that could maybe land in a trap for all you know. Yeah? That this, this fox is going to survive. That's what animals do. We have been tamed down to ignore all the signs of our own destruction. And you've been taught that oh, leave it to the people who's running you. They, they know better. They're trained to, to rule you and manage you. And a lot of folk have succumbed to it. I can remember back in the 90s, when Bill Cooper and myself later on, actually at the same time when he said that one, I, I, he, he said a lot of people will come to love socialism. Not all will be against it, because every decision that you you have to, you you'll be coerced into making will will be given to you what to choose or what to do, and that's true. A lot of folk that you you give up your freedom bit by bit and your independence. Bit by bit, as you've been trained to, oh, just sit back, put your head on that little velvet pillow there, and let us do all the work for you. We'll, we'll do it. Don't worry about it. We'll make all the right decisions, all the things that annoy you that you have to decide for yourself. We'll do it all for you. Well, here you are. <laughs> here you are. And you might survive, but you will, you will not be living. You'll be maybe, maybe existing in some form or another. Maybe. But that's where we are today with all this stuff. So, as I said before, a wartime scenario, you, you get famine, you get all kinds of factions ready to fight you, or, or, or riots in the streets and so on, of all kinds. So you get, this is, all, this is not all happening at the same time by itself. <laughs> and then you defund the police. You know, a, a few years after they said, well, we've we got all these robots that we want to put into the society. We've already put on all the, the parts to do with monitoring the public from, from poles all over the place, and their cars can monitor them too, and their, their cell phones are a fantastic monitoring tool. They've already bought the hubs for their homes because so we can listen to everything they're saying and doing, and we're giving them the smart TVs to sit and watch them as they're watching us. Yada, 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 yada. They've done a whole stack of it already. You've given up your freedoms and your ability to think and do for yourself like that little fox. One piece of convenience at a time that is no convenience at all. You've been disarmed step by step by step. And you've succumbed to the, to the being, being ruled. Not just governed, but ruled. A ruler over a good chunk of your life, folks. That's where you are. And as long as you can have lots of, of sex with lots of partners, no bonding, all the problems taken care of, if any fallout from it, then, then you'd be quite happy as a child until you just perish. That's how it's going to go, you see. Perpetual childhood until the end, which however long or short it might be. But wartime scenario rationing coming along, uh, Wartime laws and rules, regulations where you just hop and obey every order that's demanded of you by, by forces and so on. That's wartime scenario. Well, under, under emergency. Well, that's what 9-11 happened to us, emergency. Oh, you can't have privacy anymore. Oh, so simple. You can't have that. No way, you know. Well, what was, and next thing you know, you can see these old ladies in the airports getting stopped and searched. And said, well, little American woman, you know. 
What did they get to do with 9-11? Nothing. Nothing. And what did they say from, from, the, from the media? Well, you, you might not be a terrorist, but you, know, you might become one one day. What? <laughs> well, you may just wake up one day and you're a terrorist. Oh, she was, you know. There you go. Totalitarianism, eh? There's never been a system like this in place before. They even had the means to implement it all, electronically or any other way. Here you are. They've never had the massive psychological warfare techniques that they have today and technology to go with it, to convince you to go along with it. We never happened in previous times. So therefore, those that have a problem downloading it all or listening to it all, just try and divvy it up into one hour at a time. At least take a note. That's where you stop and you can always start it again. And download it. Always download it from my site, if possible, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Or you can find me on BitChute as well and other places too. You're always going to cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll see it getting put up every Sunday. And I really mean it. There's a tremendous work here because Intel is. Um, and even uploading it and getting it ready for uploading. And all the sites that I have to upload it to, remember, my own sites. You'll see them listed at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Make a note of them because if anything does happen, and this time this is war that's going on, remember. I mentioned what happened to the Irish Sentinel there, and they've been completely, all their bandwidth was chewed up immediately last week there. Uh, like, like, I don't know how many gigs it was, just woof, overnight, that was it, that's how it was done. And it's happened twice so far, I think, with them. And you're under attack. With me, my, my, they know exactly when I upload generally, and they'll cut me down to a trickle. I'd be faster trying to upload it all to the different sites with dial. I'm not kidding you. This is this this is in this day and age. This is what they do, and it's deliberate. It's not accidental. You know? So it's, it's it's a war that's going on. So even uploading it all to each site takes time. Each one for me. Sometimes it'll take five hours uploading, or six hours. That's just the uploading part of it to the different sites. So, yeah, it's I do it all in one go, because you can imagine doing this, splitting it up into four hours, and putting it up to about five sites, of my own sites, and uh, and doing it for, you know... An hour at a time, each one is four times. It's 20. There's 20 uploads right there. Just that alone. So I'm sorry to do it this way. It's just the way it is because there's no one else here to help me. It's, and I do it myself. I don't depend on uh, other uploaders at the moment. I have other folk who will upload on different sites for me. They're not my sites. And uh, that's nice of them to do it. But even they take time doing that. It's, it's, that's a lot of work. I'm not part of a corporation or a company that's financed by bigger powers than me. <laughs> and I'm not part of any front group for anything either. Most of you're living in a in a, a jungle of of warfare, of, of information. You know, you really are. And you you often don't know the real stories behind different people who supposedly guide you. You just don't know what's been going on behind the scenes and it's horror stories again and I don't go into the details of things but be careful, be very careful you're supposed to think for yourself the reason you're in a mess is because you always vote and you've you got folk coming in that literally have no intention of doing what, you, what they say they're going to do when you get into office 
But then you go and vote again for the same parties and same people, you know. But the U.S., literally, I, I see it as an internal war between one group of people. You almost call it a family. One person in the family mentioned it, called, described it that way. <laughs> it, and it actually said it didn't even concern most Americans. It's an internal squabble. In a sense, it's probably truer. And the general public haven't got a clue about that at all. They're still thinking in left and right paradigm. And, and they're still thinking in, in, in labor versus whatever, you know, labor classes versus just like Britain, you know. What a joke that is, isn't it? Especially now when everybody's unemployed. <laughs> because, oh, it's COVID, you know, it's this unseen enemy. As they keep revising the statistics and down to about 6% that actually died off it, even less than that, in fact, of what they said before, yeah, of actual COVID. Yeah. And even that would be probably wrong too. It makes no difference. Reality doesn't matter because it's a huge wartime scenario. And if, as I say, if they back off now, you'd have to put them on, at least put them on trial, wouldn't you? For destroying thousands and thousands and thousands of small businesses and and thousands, maybe millions of jobs gone across the planet deliberately, knowingly uh, for the great reset of, of a new type of economy eh? they decided to bring upon this, that this that all of this whoa, whoa, arch criminals indeed, eh? These are bigger than, than some of the tyrants you've had in the past, folks. You don't mean that. None of them stopped the world dead by ordering the folk to stay at home and got away with it. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> it took science and technology to make it all happen with a war of terror on the public by your own authorities who work for just the lackeys of those who rule the system way above them. Well, they're well rewarded, certainly. There's also another video put up, by the way. It's from Spain, and it's got English subtitles. But you, 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 you'll see this doctor, and with a split screen on it. The doctor, he's been asked, he's been interviewed by a woman uh, who's an who's interviewer from a TV station. And you see her prattling off the questions to him, and he's smiling and shaking his head. And he says, no, we're not getting massive deaths. And now her hospitals are pretty well empty, and she's prattling on to try because she's getting paid to terrify the public, right? And he's one of many, but you'll see him looking at the ceiling and shaking his head, and as she prattles on he's, he, and tries to counter every everything that he's... He's on the front. He's in the hospital. She's not. <laughs> And then her producer jumps in eventually and, and hammers at this doctor uh, because he, he won't go along with it. But the doctor stands his ground, you know. There's lots and lots of uh, exposés going on right now. But again, facts don't matter because there's folk getting paid big money to terrify the public. There really are lots of them like that. And then they should all be put in trial, absolutely, for what they're doing. And the tricks of people, oh, well, never mind just fudging numbers and lying through their teeth, but knowingly lying through their teeth. They know they're doing it. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, I tell you, it's something. This is quite something. This is real history you're living through. 
And it didn't take fleets of, of bombers dropping bombs over cities to make this happen. It just took an elite who'd already taken over your thinking for you. Like Brzezinski said, you expect them to do your reasoning for you. Huh? The media, well, they, well, they own it all. They've got all the, the professionals on board that, that are experts on lying, psychology, behaviorism. Know how you check they can make you think and believe anything by lying, 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 and present it in the most terrifying way, and you believe it. You've been raised watching TV. You've been raised listening to their documentaries, and would they lie to you? <laughs> Perfect, eh? Absolutely. So, yeah, it's going to get worse because they are not going to just back off. And the more that they're exposed, the more they'll double down because the option is for them all to be put in trial for incredible crimes against humanity. Absolutely. Whoa. <laughs> so it's not going to get so good. But again, again, it comes down to what? Let's just take the humanistic side of things and look at it that way. Okay, we're all just this blobs of protoplasm and... Um, with preconditioned genes and so on that keep repeating themselves until you, their telomeres dry up and, and shorten and you just die off eventually. Yada, 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 yada. Uh, we're just animals, okay? That's the next part. We're just animals. And just like animals, you have basic needs in the whole thing. So allow those with, who are better animals, like, like, like um, Suzuki would have said years ago, uh, to manage you all, you see? Because you're just feeding on the poop from the higher animals that drop them down onto you in the class system. And... Uh, and then if there's too many of you all, all, all grazing on the same planet and they claim there's too many, and you know, you're, you're ruining their resources and you're un, it's unpleasant to look at you. I'll give you an analogy here. It really, that's how they see you. They'd like to have this the, the ultra-high, high-tech future city for themselves here and there, you see, they can go to. And they'd like to have a world they can just travel around in super aircraft that can land on a dime and, and you know, yada, yada, very advanced things and go for walks and hikes and and be completely free of noticing the, pedis, the peasantry around the world. They just don't like that. There's too many of you. It's their world, remember. They own it. Everything that you live on, they own it. <laughs> <laughs> they took it off you long ago, or stopped you from getting it, and and here you are. You know this, this is what it's all about. I was thinking today about some of the the big big churches in Britain, the old ones, and Britain really, I don't think I'll ever get rid of it. Is a class system, and you have the, the, the people who are somebodies and the folk who are nobodies. You see. Most folk are in the nobody category. And if you understand how society has developed, uh, the peasants were, were the peasants, or you're called the villains as well. You're a villain or a peasant, you see. You're a nobody. And um, <laughs> I could go deep into it, but or not. But here's the thing, too. And the peasant class... We're stuck there. They believe that right after, into the twentieth century, early twentieth century, the, the, the eugenicists and the Darwins had taught that the, the peasant class, the stock, would never get any better. That all the ones who could evolve through through thousands of years had already done it 
by marrying and select, selective, uh, selective breeding and so on. And they'd done it already, and they only married their own kind at the top. And all classes were the same, so the middle classes and the lower classes, the bulk of the population were lower classes, and they would always be the same. So that they couldn't improve their stock at all, and that was going to be it permanently. Therefore, there's no problem and start deciding on who should live and die, or even at birth, or how to sterilize them, etc. It was a big topic with eugenics, you see. And that went right into the early 20th century. And in fact, in the, the first quarter of the 20th century, you had, you, you had um, the, the Eugenics Society, Darwin Group in Britain, you know, Eugenics. that changed its name eventually. It's still on the go today. And you, you had the groups in, inside America too, with the Cold Spring Harbor Group and the Rockefellers uh, funding it. And you had them, they brought in the Farmers Association, or cattle breeders actually, and tried to apply the same cattle breeding techniques to improve the herd stock and apply it to humans and came up with their better societies and better families for America, except, all that kind of stuff, on the go, on the go, on the go. And then sterilizing of people who, who had little problems, like a, a deafness. You know, you weren't, you weren't re- retarded in some way. You wouldn't be a little bit deaf. Well, they'd sterilize you anyway, and they did a lot of that inside the States. I bet they did a lot of that in Britain as well. <laughs> and in Germany, because they were the first country to, to adopt all these, they, they looked at Britain, and, and Hitler actually admired what they were doing in Britain with the Darwinian eugenics, and also in, in America with the Cold Spring Harbor projects and other projects under Rockefeller guys and so on. And, uh, and and he started to implement it too with the so-called unfit for racial hygiene. And so these retarded folk, you see, must be retarded because it's hereditary. Uh, therefore, they would just uh, annihilate them. And that's what they started to do, you see. And, um, and of course, it, it, by the way, I mean, it was actually th- even by Alexander Graham Bell, for who, those who don't know this, Alexander Graham Bell, uh, he still thought, right, to, almost to, to the end, it changed a little bit towards the end, but he still went along with, it, with the eugenical idea that, that deaf, deaf people could only produce deaf children. It was actually a really firm belief at one point, but there's nothing to back it up at all. And deaf, deaf parents can, can have normal children who, who aren't deaf. And a lot of deafnesses are caused by different things like meningitis and so on at birth, or youngsters when they're young. But that, that class idea really, really was prevalent right up into the 20th century and, and into the 20th century, and especially in America and in Britain. But up until the 20th century, too, folk don't realize, and the biggest churches in Britain, right? and I, I've visited some of them, some of the old ones, from you know, they, they, were, they were beautiful abbeys and so on. But in the Protestant ones, it was rather more profound because... Uh, they, they had an aisle going down the middle, as, as you know, in a church, you know, and some of the big, bigger abbeys. Uh, but they, they had, part, they had. You can see where the rails were up along the, the, the top near the ceiling, or they had high ceilings, but you see them high above anyway, maybe fifteen feet high the railings. But these, these used to have curtains on them, so that the wealthier folk didn't have, didn't have to look at the peasantry, you know, scratching themselves across the way there with their knees poking through their clothing and things like that. It was just upsetting to them. It just upset their happy thoughts in church. And that's a fact. It was so class-ridden. Where was your help your fellow man and have compassion for your fellow human being there? Just, 
the hypocrisy that exists in a society. And I, no, I understand it in different levels. Understand, too, if you're only given the strange money system, huh? which will always guarantee there's folk above who, who control the money, right? So it seems. And, and you can alter the, the, the cost of the, money, of the purchasing power of the money at a no, moment's notice at any time they want. So you, one day you're okay, next day you make the same amount of money and can ha- buy half the loaf with it and save the whole loaf. That's what the power of money, of manipulating money is. Like Rothschild said the same thing. I don't care, he says, about politics. He says, give me control of the nation's money and I don't care, I don't care who you put in as, as prime minister in Britain. And he didn't because he'd put them in, he put in the right focus. The money buys everything, including people and prime ministers, and the backing for them too. Or the politicians who need money to run even, or get the name mentioned in a paper which you'll own as well. That's how it works, you see. So the money system immediately, it will at least, at the very least, intensify that which is self evident. Here's very poor folk here. Who, who are in rags, and here's a folk who are a bit better, and they can afford to buy the cloth or the, or the, or the patches to tape or, 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 or to stitch their holes in their clothes. And there's the better class of folk who, who are showing off all the brand new stuff over here. That, that's a, that comes with, with a money system like that, you see. It's just inevitable. It's not like an old tribe where you're all wearing the same skins or something. Uh, it, it's, it, it immediately fosters this thing. And so in an, an uncertain system of finances where poverty can happen very quickly, if you're sick, for instance, if you're just li- living day to day, week to week, and you can't work anymore, then you could end up being among, amongst the ragged people across the aisle there very quickly. So, so there's a, a tendency to look down the people because you're terrified of becoming one of them, you see. That's how the system actually works. And and so so that their own fear, rather than say, I'm scared of joining this folk, you start to condemn the people. You, you condemn that which terrifies you. You see, that's how it works. But yeah, they had, they had these big curtains so that the the, the wealthier folk uh, wouldn't be upset by seeing the poverty of the people across the aisle there. And that pre- really sad statement on society and on ourselves. Don't just forget the churches on on all of us. It's a sad state, isn't it? It's a human thing, and it's part of all the problems of humanity. But it's a sad thing to, to, to realize that, that this is, you, you can all be that way very quickly, you know. It's the same te- thing that happens, terrified of the folk who won't wear the mask. Oh my God, you know. And then you, you might be applauding the cops that come along to, to punch them up or choke them. That, that's a sad statement on humanity. It really is. But at least at that time, you still had charities and things. And the folk who were terrified of becoming poor at least would donate to the charities because they knew deep down somewhere they got to, you know, it was a sin not to help fellow Really, it was a sin. And you felt it. But you do away with that. You do away with that with all of its hypocrisies and foibles of humanity and human problems and so on. You do away with that and bring you into a humanistic society where there's nothing except existentialism, and here you are. Well, in come the scientists, and in come the eugenicists, and in come the property owners, the real property owners, because they own everything you need to live on. The food of the world, everything, they own it through their middlemen. 
and you put them to work, and they'll have no problem because they have just nothing. There's no, there's no, there's no guilt complex in them for not helping their fellow humans. It's a practical thing. There's too many of those those critters, you know. Get rid of them, and it will be done. As I say, we've had examples of it with the communists, and then when the Nazi system came in with its racial hygiene ideas and so on. And, and it was already happening in the West under capitalism. We didn't know, under with, with even the blessings of some of the religious groups inside America. <laughs> Better families, eh? Hmm. And that's where you end up with it, folks. When all compassion is tossed out and science becomes a new God, you're, you're in for a tough time of it. Very tough indeed. Because nothing, again, like Nietzsche said, now that God's dead, nothing's impossible. Don't you ever forget that. Hence the war on any kind of God or deity or any belief system for such a long time. It might have been your only saving grace for a long, long time, actually. Or a lot, a lot of you wouldn't have been here otherwise. The elite didn't just start this idea if the world is really just theirs uh, in the last few years. They've been at this for an awful long time. Awful long time. So you see it with certain movies. One of them was Rob Roy, I think it was Liam Neeson, that ascended so well as an actor till he did Kinsey, then destroyed himself as far as I'm concerned. I heard him prattling on about the glory of Kinsey. And my God, you should really understand what Kinsey was all about. Oh, a real pervert this guy was too. But anyway, Liam Neeson um, played Rob Roy. He was good in that part. And Rob Roy did exist in Scotland, and he lived around the Trussocks area. They called it Trussocks, uh, by calendar and beyond. And um, it was Ettrick Forest as well. He used to, he used to, and and his group, his were the McGregors were the clan, Rob Roy McGregor. And at that time, England used to send people up and, and had regiments in Edinburgh and Stirling, and they'd send them up to Ettrick and. They would take their taxes by stealing your cattle, you know, just headcounting your cattle. So that's where they, it came from, the headcount was also heads of cattle. And they'd steal them, and pigs and everything else, and foodstuffs, and, if you had no money. And um, they, would, they would take them down, they would drive them down to the, to the lower the mid, midlands, or lower lands, or the mid, mid earnstilling area. And auction them off, or else give them to the army, uh, or one way or another, end up as cash for the king of England. <laughs> and um, Rob Roy used to go down after they'd been up through the Highlands to, to steal the cattle. The, Rob Roy would would send his guys after them, and they'd they'd steal them back again at night. And he was a kind of a, a kind of Rob Rob Roy was a, also a Robin Hood character, you might say, for Scotland. And you can actually see the places today where he stole the cattle and, he, and he'd worked them into a place in the forest uh, where this water hole was, a big, well, it was a kind of small lake really, but surrounded by heavy, heavy trees. And he used to hide them in there partway to his journey back up to the islands. And there's also the famous soldier's leap when he was on foot and he was getting hunted through the through a forest and he did jump out a, a chasm and survived. The troops tried to jump after him and went down there. It's still there today. And eventually he was buried next to his wife in a little a little churchyard up the islands. 
It's still there, you can go and see it. But anyway, Rob Roy was a, a character, you might say. But in the movie version of it, he's he's up against a, a, a guy who's awfully good with the sword. And the different clans' leaders would employ different uh, mercenaries to use the sword in gambling, you see. Uh, and put bets on them. And they bring in, um, I think the actor's his last name is Roth. He's awfully good. And he played the kind of bad guy, the kind of pompous dandy type of the era. And eventually he's put up against Rob Roy McGregor and then the big battle scene. A good movie, actually. It's entertaining. But what happened a lot in the movie actually did happen in real life. You know, that's how bad it was back then. When you had no real rights as such, unless you stole the rights back again by force off. And that's what you had to do. And you see them coming in and slaughtering folk and slaughtering families who wouldn't go along with the orders of the king. That was pretty typical. But one little bit in the movie was where Rob Roy has to go to, to the local lord, the clan lord for the area. And the lord is a lord who was so different than the English lords. The English, in fact, they're often intermarried. That was Scotland's downfall too where they would intermarry uh, with the English ones, and even given titles of land in England. That's how they pacified a lot of the clans in Scotland, was buying off the, the clan chiefs and giving them lands in England as well. So you really, eventually, you're bred in with them too. Uh, but in the movie, he has to go to this lord to explain what's been happening and how the deceptions have been happening, and how he'd been blamed for something that he hadn't done. And... The Lord explains something to him and says, you know, you should do this and you should do that. And, and the, 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 what it did show in the movie is so true. Is the, the, the Highlanders had a, lot, a big sense of honor. I mean, they were so stubborn with it, they wouldn't even give in to save their lives at times. But uh, at one point, Rob Roy wouldn't uh, admit to something to the Lord. And he's asked why. He says, because it's wrong. It's not an honorable thing to do. And the Lord says, my, my, my goodness, he says, he says uh, Roy, he says, you, he says, you almost are like a, and what he, was, what he was getting at, you're almost like nobility. Because at that time, the class distinction was so bad, the only nobility had honor, and the ability to even gain honor, <laughs> never mind keep it. And so you, if you're a villain, you're a nobody, you see. You were untrustworthy and never could be trusted because you you were you 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 blow with the wind on any particular point of value. But that's that's that was a, a telling point in it because that that's really how it was. The nobility would see you as a commoner, uh, untrustworthy, like a like an, an a villain, as they say. And that's how it really was. The class, the heavy heavy class system. And a thing that they used to have in school, even in, in, when I was in, in Scotland, was you could hear the term, okay, mind your place. It was bad enough when your family would say that, you know, or somebody in the family or even neighbours, mind your place, when you're getting a bit cheeky or whatever. But it was also a meant, it was meant by different classes, mind your place if you, if you overspoke or spoke when you shouldn't speak in particular company of your betters, you'd, you'd be told to mind your place. That's how bad it was. And that's the pecking order of society, as they say. But yeah, it was in the churches too. Anyway, I've prattled on too much about that. And I think now I should really start 
putting out some of the articles out there for those that want them, you know. Because the articles are so profuse now, you can't get away from them. There's that many of them. Uh, as I say, there's no lack of facts as opposed to opinions to do with the COVID thing. Uh, facts don't matter anymore. And um, and they're really ramping up. Like I said before, that the idea, in the 90s I said this, eventually you won't get into a grocery store without your up-to-date vaccinations. Uh, electronic things will go off and as soon as you walk in, because in one way or another you're going to be chipped or something. And, of course, most folk even have it on their cell phone now, but they will go to the chip eventually, or the tattoo, the digital tattoo, the push to all the different... that They've had it from the MIT, pushing that thing that they're working with Bill Gates on. That wasn't a conspiracy theory. It's been published by MIT themselves. And it'd be like a digital tattoo, as they called it. And they want to take you eventually to that stage. Up to, up to that stage, the media have been told to poo-poo it until you're there. Then just ignore it. And that's how they, they do it with everything else, too. So we're really at a place where most folk don't... They don't even know where they are at the moment with this. With the, the, the tyranny of shutting down our world's economy, destroying millions of small businesses across the planet putting a, a, a relentless poverty upon the public. You're now into austerity, planned austerity, folks. And I talked, I gave these talks literally in the 90s and then later again, even around the time of 9-11 happening, how you'd bring in step-by-step austerity. You're into it now. This is, this is the big push to bring in that whole system and post-consumer society as well, you see. And... Um, he will go with the articles before it's too, the night is gone, or the day is gone. It'll be the night before I get it all up. I should be the next morning before I get it all up. <laughs> it takes that long with my my choking of my speed by my provider, as they call it, that I'm paying for. Now this article here, let's see now. I'll start off with this one here. I'm going to put up some videos, as I've said too, so go into cuttingthroughmatrix.com download the latest talk, and you'll see other links there. I always put the links up for the articles that I read to show you that it's not just conspiracy theory when it's coming from their own particular sites. Eh? Here's your insanity. We've already had the CDC come out and from their own website and say that the masks don't stop the spread of COVID. Right? That was in May they put it up on their own site. I think millions of folk took copies of that because you know everything disappears now down the memory hole so quickly. And uh, but it was there, and we know that 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 uh, they don't stop you breathing in this particular virus or breathing it out COVID viruses, right? So the Fed chair now, whose Powell, his name is Powell, uh, wearing masks can lead to enormous economic gains. He says, "Can you believe it? We are." So there's actually enormous economic gains to be had nationwide from people wearing masks and keeping their distance, Powell told NPR. Powell added that short of a vaccine, such measures enable people to go back to work and not get sick. Well, most of the work's been shut down and we're losing it all the time. What's left of it? Thousands of of businesses have said they they can't even open up again. They're, They're done for. So wear a mask, it'll all be fine. There you go. Isn't that wonderful? So I also spoke about the August jobs report describing the addition of 
1.371 million payrolls in August is a good one, he says. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported the new numbers on Friday morning, which also, and the links are here, which also showed the unemployment rate falling to 8.4% below the, the, the street's expectations. Absolute bull. Listen to absolute bull. You really are in, in uh, the, the matrix, folks, where they give you a new reality depending on what room you walk into any particular time. Uh, statistics are meaningless, as you know. It's all rubbish. Eh? So anyway, Powell's remarks on Friday mark his third media interview since the COVID-19 crisis began on March 26th. Powell appeared on NBC's Today Show and in mid-May, CBS's 60 Minutes, inter- they interviewed him too. And the Fed chairman's remarks to NPR will be the last from Fed officials as policymakers head into a media blackout ahead of the Federal Open Markets Committee's meeting on September 15 and 16. A media blackout, eh? From the from your, your Fed chairman and the rest of them, eh? Isn't that amazing, eh? But they're telling you, the Fed's telling you that even though you're all bankrupt and you're going into poverty and you're under a tyranny, eh, then... Don't worry, wearing masks could be a fun thing and a good thing for you. Enormous economic gains, he says. There you are. Uh, another one, to coronavirus. A pregnant Victorian woman is filmed being arrested. Isn't that astonishing? How disgusting these 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 gi- giant cops that they hire over there in Australia. Ah, eh? oh, so... Um, she was arrested for planning an anti-lockdown protest. See, they're watching all your media now, thanks to Facebook and the rest of them and all their agrams catching you as you as you start. You just a thought just starts to leave your head, and you you just type into something, and bingo, a light goes off and a little board somewhere with your address on it, and you're picked up. Hey, eh? thank you, social media, and thank you, government. Hey. Eh? For spying on you all. Mm-hmm, mm. Quite something, eh? 28-year-old pregnant woman live-streamed her arrest on social media after detectives descended on her minor's rest home, armed with a search warrant. And uh, she's a pregnant anti-lockdown protester. And her name is Zoe Buller, arrested uh, with inciting, inciting a protest against COVID-19 restrictions. In Ballarat's CBD. <laughs> it says Ms. Buller has since been banned for post, from posting on Facebook as one of her bail conditions, but has been doing the rounds on media this morning. Mm-mm-mm. She said she didn't realise the protest wasn't allowed. Well, why should it be? Uh, these are the same cops, by the way, that, that, that when that Black, Black Lives Matter uh, protests over there, even though nothing had happened over there, they were, it all happened inside the U.S. It made no difference. The cops weren't to be, they were nowhere to be seen. But here they are going to a pregnant woman's home in force. It was a bunch of them that arrived there, too. <laughs> Quite something, eh? You're just brave for you, babe. Brave people. Eh? There you go. And then COVID dissident violently arrested after backing Melbourne anti-lockdown protests But tells Facebook followers not to This is a guy, this one here, the second one And it was James Bartolo, former soldier and so on I love how they put them down too because they're protesting eh? Because they said he's even 
even believed that um, that people didn't go to the moon. What's that got to do with it? What's that got to do with the media? Disgusting prostitute media, eh? What's that got to do with anything, eh? As they try to put, run anybody down who's against us. Quite something. It's, so, they, so they actually used a battering ram to get into his home. <laughs> so he was charged with incitement, uh, possession of prohibited weapons. I think it was, uh, they called it samurai swords. It was, it was into all that kind of stuff. Samurai sword. And two counts of resisting police. So there you go. But no issue of this dressed up as Antifa or BLM and tell him he was protesting and they wouldn't have come near him. You see, there you go. And I, this one here is so disgusting. Never mind the person who, who's promoting it all from the top of Canada. Really, it's just, oh. Who, who's also on the board of the WHO, by the way, for the health, for the Canada's health, and is also the top, the top uh, consultant for Canada <laughs> about conflict here, I'd say, since Mr. Um, Gates apparently funds the WHO with three quarters of its cash at least. So uh, definitely a conflict. But anyway, Canada's top doctor, what a joke that is, top doctor, consider using a mask during sexual activity. I won't even go any further with this one. I was thinking of putting up where it's going to go with safe sex. I remember even, I think it was Fauci mentioned it too, didn't he? That certain sites where you, for hookups, for just for sexual activity, it would be okay if you did certain things, he said, you know. Uh, but anyway... <clears throat> I'll put up one, it's from a comedy movie where you'll see them having real sex, safe sex, this little, this little um, clip from a particular movie, if you can find it again, I'll put that up to show you where it's supposed to all really go for those that want to really follow experts' advice. Also, I'll put up two from the CDC's uh, home page, you know, their home site. Weekly updates by the select demographic and geographic characteristics and so on. And how they go through uh, that show, <laughs> the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, where they actually tell you that most of the so-called COVID deaths um, are not COVID deaths at all. Only maybe, maybe at the most 6%, they say it'll be a lot less than that, of what they've told you were COVID. Now we're getting revised to be only 6% actually died of COVID. So it's way tiny down there, right? Yeah. And it, give, it breaks it down into, into age groups and sexual groups and so on. It's all in here. Uh, again, facts don't matter because they keep, they've got, they got the whole mantra started. Uh, facts don't really matter. See, I've mentioned this before, but it's the same with war, with physical war, when, when you send off troops and so on. You always use an excuse to attack what you've already decided to attack before it started. Like 9-11, uh, don't forget, they had troops ready going to Afghanistan before 9-11 happened. Huh? And they, they already had it on the list of the countries they wanted to be taken down from uh, from um, Iraq, was one of them. They wanted Iran eventually too, but they wanted to go right from Iraq. And, and another country too kept telling them to go into Iraq. Don't, don't stop your troops there, send them into, all the way to Syria, they said, in fact. Uh, these are all the countries on the list, and they're still going through them today. But the fact was, uh, it didn't matter about using an excuse to attack Iraq, as an example. 
any any propaganda will do. Once the troops are in, it doesn't matter. If we're, if we're, they'll, they'll be exposed that there's all lies, all the excuses that were given to get in. All lies. didn't matter. It's the same with COVID. See? It's the same with COVID. It doesn't matter that all the facts are coming up, that, is, that so much of it is bogus. They, they completely fudged and lied about statistics. They told the media to terrify the public by using psychological warfare from the psychological warfare units in Britain. Uh, it doesn't matter. These are, all, these are admissions, folks, in mainstream media. But it doesn't matter. They've, they've, they've got it started. And, and it's on their own now, you see, regardless. So facts eventually don't matter. And they can't back down now, or you'd have to, well, at the very least, prosecute them. Another one to Atlantic Council has many links to latest anti Trump coup, it says, from the World Tribune. And uh, a globalist swamp think tank is at the very heart of the latest impeachment coup against President Trump. And it's uncanny how many prominent anti America first. Uh, dots are circling its orbit. This article goes into the different characters too. It's amazing the gang that runs the whole system of America yeah, and, and other parts of the world. They mention the usual culprits and Clintons and Soros and CNN and Reuters and, but they're all connected with the Atlantic Council uh, that's committed to globalism. That's part of its agenda, you know. This is part of their agenda, too, is preserving the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which is NATO, right? That was set up uh, during the Cold War with Russia and the Soviet Union. And meanwhile, they've had NATO into all the other countries, too, in Africa and different places since then, too. And they still call it NATO. So it's, uh, it gives you part of its, its agenda here, its charter, you might say and the different characters involved with it, uh, and different newspapers involved with them too, and how they're involved with the Ukraine, and yada, yada, yada. It's just Kurt Volker and the different characters that are parts of the senior advisors to Atlantic Council. It, 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 the cabals you run across of, of, of crooks in, in a what you think is your legitimate system is astonished. It's nearly everybody. They're, they're really crooks, folks. They're, they're not there to serve. They've never been there to serve you or your or your welfare. Also, put up another from YouTube, and it's um, twenty twenty Berlin. That's one of them. Another one too is um, a YouTube from Berlin is as Robert Kennedy Jr. speaking, and he, uh, you'll hear him talking in English, and you'll hear the translator too in German, uh, translating his, his sentences, and it's, it's, a good, it's a good speech he's given them. I wish we'd have more of it in maybe the West, in fact, uh, this far West, because we certainly need it. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of Germans have, have, have caught on to this con. It's good that they're, they're generally very logical. Germans tend to be very logical and methodical, and they're seeing through this nonsense too. Back in May, there's uh, an article here. It's from uh, Boris Johnson's homepage. The government actually they, they rationally record who talk he talks to and so on. And this one here. It's a Gov UK, and it's the Prime Minister, as Johnson, 
He's a call with Bill and Melinda Gates on the 19th of May, and he's, always, he's pretty well getting his orders in a sense, if you can read between the lines. And says both parties expressed their hope that a viable vaccine would be found as soon as possible. And, he, of course, Gates wanted to make sure that the UK's contribution eh, to helping countries around the world, meaning buying the vaccines and so on, uh, and the important work of the Gates Foundation in this area, hmm. and the commitment to Gavi, you know, that organization, the Vaccine Alliance that Gates runs, is for, uh, they talk about the gangs of crooks, I'm telling you. And how that's his job, that's what Gates' job is. He's part of the eugenics agenda, as he said himself, to help people and also reduce the population. We'll figure that one out. Another article here is quite good, actually. It's about the Cultural Revolution in China. I mentioned this before, too. And the Chinese Cultural Revolution was a bitter thing, a catastrophe comparable in its societal effects and similar in its historical field to the terrors of Stalin and the French Revolution. No one knows how many died, and historians say up to two million. But what I find myself thinking of these days is the ritual humiliations and the struggle sessions. Comparing it what's happening now, eh? By the mid-60s, 1960s, Ma Zedong, suspicious of those around him, weary of the moves of erstwhile Soviet allies, damaged by a disastrous famine that his policies had caused. They always bring in massive famine. You know, it's, it's, you're going to get the same thing now, by the way. Uh, surveyed the scene and decided it was time for a little mayhem. The problem wasn't his disastrous ideology. It was, as he wrote himself, feudal forces full of hatred towards socialism. Stirring up trouble, sabotage, socialist productive forces working against them. The party had been infiltrated by pragmatists and revisionists, he wrote. And it's in the epigraph of Frank Decoter's The Cultural Revolution, A People's History, 1962-76. Who are our friends? Who are our enemies? That is the main question of the revolution, the Matsu tongue. But it goes into what they did. Now, you're finding similar things happening inside America and the West right now, by the way. Similar things, eh? Where it isn't good enough that, that you acknowledge there's wrong against different groups, including your own. <laughs> but you've got to really admit it and feel rotten and bad about it, you see, as though you had something to do with it. This guilt, you know, this, this guilt admission nonsense, eh? That's this part of it. Anyway, he would find and purge his foes, the usual suspects, intellectuals and other class enemies, capitalist roaders, and those who clung to old religions or traditions. In Mao's last revolution, Roderick McFarquhar and Michael Schoenhals tells of Ministry of Higher Education official brought up on charges of enjoying a bourgeoisie lifestyle. He'd been seen playing mahjong. <gasps> you see? But it's true, they told the youngsters to turn on the older folk. They were contaminated. That was, a, that was a Soviet term too, was contaminated uh, in the cultures. They weren't as, as ideologically indoctrinated as the younger generation, you see. So that, that's again Trotskyist ideology. Uh, is getting more and more communistic by purging yourselves uh, in every generation, maybe even twice in a generation, to get more uh, fanatical groups you know, in charge of everything. So that's what did in China. They tortured folk and teachers and beat them up, and a lot of them were killed too. And even their parents were told to turn against as well, because they were contaminated with old ideas. So I'll put this article up. For the, for the, I find these things interesting, even though you already pretty well know them. COVID-19 PCR tests are scientifically meaningless. 
though the whole world relies on the RT-PCR to so-called uh, quotation marks diagnose SARS-CoV-2 infection. The science is clear they're not fit for the purpose. I've done these articles already on so many times from the different sources, even from the guy who founded the test, he said it was not meant for diagnosing in the field. It's, it's meant for work in a laboratory only for a different reason. And, and so they are meaningless. And um, they, all they do is, is pick up uh, particles of viruses. And, um, and that's what they're diagnosing you. If you've got particles of the viruses, then you, you could say you've got the virus. No, you don't. Your own immune system will kill most of it off in your nasal passages, by the way, but you'll find the particles in your nasal passage and put down as positive. It's a complete farce. They know it's a farce. And it's so well understood now, it's come out more and more. And this is a good enough article put up for sure, uh, that um, for those that want to go through it all, that uh, even I think it was the New York Times came out with it, talking about it. the same kind of thing that it, it's it's useless. It's useless. Telling you, it's not fit for any purpose of diagnosing for this particular problem. Another article two is again uh, the COVID deaths. I'll put it up again. The real percentage of them, as opposed to what they said, till you're left with like six percent. They say probably had COVID, and that was it. We killed killed them as opposed to all the rest of them that died of other things. Australia has extended a ban on people leaving the country until December. Can you believe this? Eh? Lockdown. I remember after 9-11, I remember they, they were putting in naval boats on, on the Great Lakes between Canada and the States. And I joked about it at the time. I said, it's probably in case Obama... Uh, keep amazing Obama and Osama at the same time. Who who could dream that stuff up? Eh? But uh, Osama bin Laden, um, and maybe maybe he's got a, a special forces team that that can have swimming camels. They can they can jump on them and cross. I mean, it's, it was so farcical. This whole, and I said, what it is is to lock folk in your countries, and still have all these boats and, that and so on to lock down borders and so on. To stop you getting out, folks. That was back in 2001 they started all that stuff. So there's Australia extends ban on people leaving the country until December. Now, now, now folk, refugees can still get in all the countries. You know, you know that, eh? <laughs> That's okay. This is a very political virus. It can suspend its, its virility and contagious uh, ability. Uh, instantly, depending on the purpose of and the place and the time, you see, you can just well, it's a protest. Or we won't contaminate anybody, or it's we're, it's refugees coming in. That's okay, but nobody's getting out. Hmm? There you go. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And that's astonishing, eh? Australia. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, New York Times. Your coronavirus test is positive. Maybe it shouldn't be. Usual diagnostic tests may simply be too sensitive and too slow to contain the spread of the virus. Hmm? There you go. That's the excuse for it there. Uh, it's almost a cover piece too, trying to make an excuse for it, because it's, it's, it's out in the open now that it's a useless test. Uh, don't forget the other team was a basketball team or football player or something that last week there I mentioned. 
who were tested positive in the morning and negative in the evening for the, for the, for the same thing, all of them. So uh, it's a complete farce. So some of the nation's leading public health experts, or these experts again, raise a new concern in the endless debate over coronavirus testing in the U.S. They're diagnosing huge numbers of people who may be carrying relatively insignificant amounts of the virus. Most of the people are not likely to be contagious, and identifying them may contribute to bottlenecks that prevent those who are contagious from being found in time. But researchers say the solution is not to test less or to skip testing people without symptoms. It says, instead, new data on the scores the need for more widespread testing of these useless tests. I said the useless part here, not them. But that's the right answer to everything. It's just absolutely, it's, it's, it's beyond Alice and look down the, you know, Alice in Wonderland. It really is, isn't it? It, it truly is. This is just, just disgusting. The lengths they go to of total mind warping as they play with your, your brains. Mm-mm-mm. And that's something. World Economic Forum Strategic Intelligence. How you can decipher the potential impact of rapidly unfolding changes when you're flooded with information, some of it misleading or unreliable. So the World Economic Forum has developed a strategic intelligence. Very interesting you look into it. Capabilities to help make better sense the complex forces driving transformational change. This is the center of change I've talked about for ages, eh? They talked about in academia, bringing this new system in, this century of change, transformation uh, across economies, industries, and global issues. Strategic intelligence can help you to explore more than 250 transformation maps, including the latest publications, video, and data for these topics. And it really is so elitist to try to attract the young, wealthier crew into them. You know, the way that you'll be a somebody, you know, you'll be part of us. We're exclusive, eh? and exclusive intelligence briefings. You know, there you could be one of us. Join a community of high-growth organizations that master future business models and emerging technologies. That's right, really terrorize your general public and... uh, and manipulate them and use them for your own benefit. You know, be one of the elite. I did that last bit myself again, actually. But, but I'll put up the link to their their site. You should look into it and see their par- partners too. Some of the ones they'll admit to that is the rest of them they don't. But they they admit to quite a lot of them, in fact. And uh, this this is an organisation that goes way back to in order to create a new type of society on behalf of the elite, because the they always said they'd use democracy, but they never believed in it. It was just to fool you. <laughs> and uh, video, another one, video, COVID gate to political virus by Professor Michael Chudadovsky in Canada. Uh, good article, and, and he's got a video there too. He goes into the national economies of 193 countries, member states, the United Nations were ordered to close down on March the 11th. And that's true, 193 countries, eh? Closed down. An order came from above, from Wall Street, the World Economic Forum, the billionaire foundations, and corrupt politicians throughout the world have enforced these so-called guidelines with a view to resolving a public health crisis. Millions of people have lost their jobs and their lifelong savings. In developing countries, poverty and despair prevail. We are told that it is the V, the virus, which is responsible for the wave of bankruptcies and unemployment. 
Unspoken truth is that the novel coronavirus provides a pretext and justification to powerful financial interests and corrupt politicians to precipitate the entire world into a spiral of mass unemployment, bankruptcy and extreme poverty. Well, I was given these talks out, Zave, 20 odd years ago, more than that. And that's the truth of it. You're going to get brought into absolute austerity, which is poverty, folks. And I'll put all these links up for you to peruse yourself in the videos, too. I'll put the links to them. Oh, this one here is by... I was wondering, too, about how you're being censored on Google and YouTube and so on. Well, they own... The Alphabet Group owns another... They're becoming the leader in healthcare information, you understand. It's called Verily. It's a company they own... And so, as they, as a censor everybody else's point of view on it, and, and because you you found out a lot of facts and so on, they're, they're the biggest propaganda ones that are censoring you for saying anything. But they own verily this company here, making information work better so that healthcare works better. The transition to preventive care will help people live happier, healthier lives, and lower the cost of healthcare for everyone. Ah, uh, don't you love these benevolent people out there, eh? I used to think they were just greedy folk that wanted to get ahead and own everything, but but when I realised that, that they're really there to help us, they, 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 I guess, in TV years ago, they used to have a, one called Perry Mason by Raymond Burke, and he was the actor. He eventually was, uh, he, he lost everything because he was chasing a young boy in a hotel, naked, start naked, he goes down the stairs chasing this wee boy. And that kind of ended his career. But anyway, in the movie version or the TV version, he was a lawyer who couldn't sleep at night because he he just worried about his clients. Often he wouldn't he'd work for nothing. He did. Mm-hmm. So that was the that was like the the, the real gold test there for for lawyers in the in the fictitious world. They they just couldn't sleep because they had to get right done for you on behalf of the client. So that's the same with these people making information work better so that healthcare works better because they want to give, make, give you people, make them live happier, healthier lives and lower the cost of healthcare for Thank goodness these big multi-billionaires exist, eh? So I'll put these links up in this other one too. It's to do with an auction that went on recently that folk don't even know about. And uh, this auction, it's called, uh, was it 105, I think it was? It's to do with bandwidth and, uh, and the internet system. And it was the Federal Communications Commission that held an auction and they sold stacks of these uh, licenses to folk to go into the 5G in America, yeah? And they already have a lot of them, uh, 3.5G. They're taking the 3.5G, I haven't read it all, but somehow they can boost it up to the 5G. And it's part of, the uh, again, the World Economic Forum's smart city projects as well, isn't it? All these big private corporations are going to monitor you. Every, from cradle to grave, everything that you do is going to be on record, folks. That's what it's about. Every penny you spend, yeah. Electronic or otherwise, it's all going to be monitored. Almost every thought that you have, and eventually they want to get to the thought. For those who haven't figured this out, they want to. They're already predicting what you can do because they know you barely know yourself. Minority Report type movie, you know, idea. 
but so they want to get into the into your head so they can actually have you th- and know your thoughts as, as literally within milliseconds of you thinking them, if not in real time. So they, they go into the 5G mid-band spectrum auction. That's a news release. And the winning bidders of the 3.5 gigahertz band auction as well that can get boosted up to the 5G. And, um, and those are the companies that got it. Denial of request for a waiver of auction. Upfront payment deadline. It was very... It was a secretive auction, wasn't it? Qualified bidders, it tells you who they are, etc., etc. And all the companies involved who bought this, this particular bandwidth type thing. This system inside parts of the U.S. and across the U.S. Hmm. Auction 105, 3.5 gigahertz, up to the 5G, you see. And also, another article here too, is the World Economic Forum again. There's nothing more important than WEF. It was set up to eventually outpace this idea of democracy by using democracy in its early days, you know, and pretending it was all democratic, uh, to, to, to take over, gra- gradually wean you off the idea, through crisis, mind you, because you need efficiency in a crisis, like a war scenario. You can't have the democracy and rights now. So you, you've got to be ruled by experts, and that's what their job is. That's why they set up a long time ago. And the forum strategy is simple and effective. Bring together the most relevant leaders from all sectors of global society. So they decide who's relevant, you see, and identify the best ways to address the world's most significant challenges. It works for almost 50 years. The forum has been the catalyst for global initiatives. Historic shifts. There you go, historic shifts. You're going through one right now, right? Industry breakthroughs, economic ideas, and tens of thousands of projects and collaborations. The forum is improving the state of the world and find out how in each of our impact stories. They give you impact stories, you call it. Building awareness, awareness and cooperation. Right? There you go. And financing, too. You don't mention the financing. So they say we're making the world's electricity ecosystems more cyber-resilient. They're taking over all electricity across the planet. That's what they're doing, folks. (laughs) And the forum-led G20 Smart Cities Alliance will create the world's, or the first global framework for smart city governance. Governance, more than a year. And 44 of the most advanced manufacturing factories in the world are lighting the way as learning beacons. Oh, isn't that clever, eh? Global businesses launch partnerships for LGBTI equality in the workplace. So they're always PC uh, to pretend that they're, they're, they really are all in the business of this one. Please, everybody except the, the majority of the public. The world has entered a new era of pandemic responding with strength, they say. Eh? Has set the world into an unprecedented year of pandemic risk. A coalition launched at the forum's annual meeting in 2017. This coincidence is responding with strength. Uh, yeah. So the global network is preparing humanity for the fourth industrial revolution. Eh? And that's, is, the network is working with governments, technology experts, NGOs, non-governmental organizations, and leading companies around the world to enable emerging technologies to be used for the greater good, which of course they decide what the greater good is, you see. Without you voting or having a say in any of it, isn't that wonderful? In your democracies, eh? <laughs> ah, hi, hi. 
into Africa. There are 100 plus organizations and governments have joined us to accelerate blockchain responsibility across supply chains. So taking over supply of everything across the whole planet. And again, they did it all with any input from you. Do you mind? <laughs> from poverty to prison to a global shapers platform, a young Brazilian brings unprecedented change. Wow. There you go. Poverty to prison to a global shapers platform. Two decades of impact how social entrepreneurs have improved 622 million lives. The Schwab Foundation for Social Entrepreneurship is advancing social innovation worldwide, yeah. And then the big one that they do at the World Economic Forum, they create your leaders of the future because most of the leaders you got today were created by them too. <laughs> A group of young global leaders called YGLs, Yiggles, is that wonderful, is working with refugees in Kenya's Kakuma refugee camp to realize their economic potential. Well, is going to use the refugees for economic potential or what? I mean, what they're trying to say here. But they, they, yeah, they create the, the global leaders. They pick them when they're when they're when they're youngsters at school, just like the CIA did too. And and MI five does they tap folk in, when they're at high school, even at later high school. You know, the last years of it, or first years in college generally. Same with top civil servants get picked that way. The leaders, yeah Anybody who's into any kind of uh, networking in school Or even in the local school newspaper They try to tap you and bring you into social justice Which is how to manipulate the rest of the general public By using real problems uh, for personal gain (laughs) Press release Flu vaccine are required for all Massachusetts school students Enrolled in childcare, preschool, K-12 and post-secondary institutions. So there you go. They're getting you as a pincushing, lifelong pincushing. I've got articles here. In fact, I'm looking at one right now. And it was vaccine schedules they want all adults to take. And this was done 20 years ago, put out by the WHO. But there they're doing it now. It's quite interesting, eh? And you get to... All you say is nothing. It's there we are, no school. Isn't that wonderful, eh? As I say, you know, when, when they take away choices, you're under tyranny, folks. And you're seeing them all the time now. Eh? Old plans, mind you, but you're, you're, most of what is hearing about them now. Darwin Smart City Project. This is where they got all the cops right now um, protesting about the small group of folk prote- turned up to protest the lockdown. So you, cause that's, that's all you see is an army in, in the Daily Mail, an army of cops, and I mean it. And a few protesters. <laughs> Just amazing what you're seeing there. It's like an army of policemen. So Darwin's Smart City Project, intersection of Black Lives Matter, big data tech, and climate change. Oh, this sounds very PC to me. And the context of global climate change and, and concurrent need for increased sustainability. Again, that sustainability, eugenics, and all that. Too many of you, eh? Because that was the whole point of climate change, was to convince you there was too many of you and it couldn't be sustained. That's They picked man as the enemy, that's what they said. They picked him, that would fit the bill, Club of Rome. Anyway, it says that smart city technologies are hailed as intrinsically sustainable. Urban development and management. Maybe they'll start putting us down the, the garbage chutes and the, and the high-rises, eh? Maybe that's what they mean, sustainability. 
Those say you're, you're just not essential under COVID. Moreover, cities are eager to represent such solutions as win-win, oh, win-win, improving quality of life for all residents. Don't you, this guff, this, this guff you get fed all the time by these persuaders, professional persuaders, don't you get sick of it? Don't you want you to throw up with it? They're all out there to improve. As they lock you down, drive you into poverty, cram you into overcrowded cities, they want to improve your quality of life for all residents. Ah, they should all be put in trial, these characters. Hmm? Hmm? This is put by by Barton Jai Quilkey, Bachelor of International and Global Studies, University of Sydney. Oh, 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 he's got a career mapped out for me. Hmm. They've got environmental noise sensors in Darwin to monitor weather and climate changes, microclimate sensors to collect data on CO2 levels. I wonder if I have any of that to do with if you're suffocating inside your mask. Eh? And water and energy monitoring sensors to improve efficient resource uses. Everything's electricity and sensors, isn't everything? But it's all you do with monitoring you and your consumption. Hmm? Because you're going to go into quotas for everything, folks. And rationing for everything, that's what it's really about. For the greater good of those that own it all. And here are two articles from Ireland. And one of them is to do with Data Protection Commission. has said that rules that require pubs and restaurants to serve food to keep a record of their customers and what they are served complies with the law. So they've asked to urgently review new guidelines that require them to keep such records for 28 days, and the measure has also sparked a political backlash. This afternoon, the DPC said its role is to monitor data protection law, and in this case, the legal basis is sufficient. So they can say anything that they pass is sufficient, right? And doesn't really interfere on your rights and all that rubbish. I love how they always tell you, is there interfering on your rights? (laughs) That, That doesn't make any difference. Well, it doesn't if you allow it, of course. And uh, It says details of meals of a dining party will now be added to that contact information under the regulations. And interference with fundamental rights in this case is not significant. And the data collected and the purpose for its collection, ensuring compliance by pubs and restaurants with regulation mean, is unlikely to result in any significant risk to the rights of an individual. The DPC statement said, I'd say it did. You know, of course it does. It's nothing to do with, with the government at all, or, or authority of any kind, what you're eating, and when you eat it, or anything else. It's nothing to do with them. Isn't that disgusting, eh? And they just decide it doesn't really infringe on any of your rubbish as, as they actually do it. <laughs> so I'll put that one up. And from Helena Handbasket, also in Ireland, right? Spill the beans by order of Stephen Donnelly, Minister for Tyranny. We want to know what you had for breakfast. And so when you think of the insanity surrounding the COVID-19 scandemic, can't get any more insane, you can always trust in the Irish government to come up with another idea based on nothing more than the madness which seems endemic to Irish politicians. Totally corrupt politicians, mind you, and certainly never to be trusted on anything other than the guarantee that they're corrupt. 
But it seems that the madness never ends with Miho Martin and Ben Dover, <laughs> Varadkar, etc. The list of intelligent uh, attributes associated with the COVID-19 vanishing virus currently includes knowing the difference between imperial and metric measurements what time of day it is across the world's time zones, what will it do when the clocks go back, where it can and where it cannot hang out to infect unsuspecting persons, which premises require masks, which types of businesses is allowed to live in at any particular time of the day, how to give false results and tests, whether you can drink or not. And now finally, when you've had for your latest snack, if permitted in a certain premises with plastic screens, sticky labels on the floor and mass zombies mumbling their way through a menu. Hmm. Yes, folks, it now seems that COVID-19 wants to know what you've eaten to de- determine where or not it wishes to infect you. Perhaps garlic will keep it at bay, or even a nice thick slice of bacon and black pudding, time will tell. But joking aside, this is apparently being done to assist with contact tracing. This is the excuse they're giving for it. Though I know what you ate. Perhaps they wish... <laughs> they think they're sharing the food like from mouth to mouth or something. Perhaps they wish to round up meat eaters or people who just eat junk food and then find them later for not conforming to veganism or the consumption of locusts on a stick. Because they want to actually push these, lo- these locusts say, as a substitute for protein as you go into austerity. I'm not kidding. They literally will have something to do with that, too. They're doing studies to see what you're actually eating. And, can you, and eventually I'll go into, can we, try, let's just try a, a vegan special today and see what happens. And eat these, eat these ants. They're dried ants, but they'll be okay. And then they'll tell you, well, some folk have eaten this for thousands of years. Well, it's fine for some folk, but no for the rest. And that's how they push it across on you, all this rubbish, eh? So that says here, the only way they can possibly be implemented is with the complicity of restaurant and bar owners actually doing as they're told and infringing even more so on the rights of their customers to eat and drink in their establishment, free of any interference in what is supposed to be a leisure activity and which keeps the owners, employees and business and paid work. Not to mention that Ireland is supposedly, uh, well, <laughs> it's scrawled out, supposed to be a free country and put prison camp. The only solution to this and all other criminal government mandates surrounding COVID-19 scandemic is for all parties involved, restaurateurs, publicans, non-corporate shopkeepers and other private businesses to completely ignore across the board every single law put in place to diminish the rights and freedoms of the Irish people under the guise of stopping the spread of a common cold and to get back to the normal they want rather than the draconian authoritarian future being imposed upon them by their criminal and evil government. So there you go. You can't even have peace to to, to eat and chomp away in, in, in private or semi-private. You know, you're always getting watched these days. They want to know what you're eating. Maybe they want to know if you enjoyed it or didn't like it. Or maybe try this, try these, try these 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 fried ants or something. You know, and then they'll show you um, a little happy uh, video to, to so you can look at. People in other countries washing, washing down these fried ants and appearing to like it, you know. Who knows? That's just the way it'll go, folks. Ireland is weird with, with, with these strange, it's kind of off the wall uh, rules and regulations that they just come out with. But it's, for a long time, it's been such a socialist country, really. Uh, with, with, with the oddest people that, that go into socialism, the real fanatics. 
they're beyond normalcy with their decisions and, and how they look at society and people in general. You can't. It's, it's, it's so Scotland to me. Scotland really is almost on a par with it, with its ridiculousness, right down to the. To, to remember too with that um, Gerfeck for every child to have a, 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 a kind of guardian put out there by the, the state to monitor their upbringing, to make sure they have no, no bad ideas about other groups or peoples or something that they just decide they don't want to like, you know, they want to rectify you before it gets to be a problem literally that's what it's about so uh, yeah, and you're all paying for it. It's just, it's madness, but it's absolute tyranny. Absolute tyranny. On a people who've never even had much peace for a long time. They really haven't. Because of outside forces. Always hammering at them. So there you go. Spill the beans by order of Stephen Donnelly, Minister for Tyranny. We want to know what you had for breakfast. Actually, eventually you'll be able to get breakfast, eh? There you go. Or maybe they'll say if you had breakfast in the pub, what time did the pub open? Hmm, eh? he's a thought. Louisville removes downtown King Louis the Sixteenth statue at Six and Jefferson Street. Some must get rid of him because he's been defaced in that by peaceful protesters. So there you go. And uh, Chicago gangs now form pack to execute cops who draw weapons and suspects, said the FBI. So shooting sight, to say. FBI's warned Chicago area law enforcement. Is there any left here? I don't think there's any. Probably all been laid off. Eh? That nearly three dozen street gangs have formed a pact to shoot on sight any cop that has a weapon drawn on any subject in public. Well, there's free <laughs> freedom to do whatever you want now. Eh? As I've said, it's astonishing looking up at the clips. Eh, even I can't even get them as much on YouTube, but maybe a, a few seconds here and there. But you see folk in New York City at, at, at night there, just walking along the sidewalks and, and people driving up to them and shooting them dead. Just for the, I guess, the, the thrill of it or whatever, they get off of it. Doesn't seem to be like gang things, they're just like picking anybody that happens to be walking around. Just say they've killed somebody, I guess. That's the whole, I guess it's the whole thing from Xbox is that you don't really kill real people and they want to do the real thing so they can be a real professional player. Another article here is about uh, college students across America being subjected to a horrid psychological experiment sentenced to isolation prisons. Talk about how bad it is at, at the colleges now. It says, college long, a fun and liberating experience for many young adults, has, as Ron Paul Institute's Adam Dick details below, become a dreary and oppressive experience for many students living under the weight of a multitude of restrictions imposed at American college campuses in the name of countering coronavirus. It's just, well, everything is. Forget just the, the colleges. It's a whole new way of living or existing. I don't call it living anymore. You're not going to live in this system. You're going to exist in it for a little while. Invisible policing, smart technology and law enforcement. And it says the police killings of George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor and, and Richard Brooks have sparked outrage around the world. Thousands have protested in every U.S. state in more than 60 countries in support by Samar against police violence. Demonstrators demanding policy changes related to police misconduct, excessive force, and racial bias. 
as suits become smarter, so you know, suits again, heads back into smart suits again. What are the consequences for policing? More cameras, sensors, and data mean more surveillance of our communities. License plate readers pinpoint thousands of plates per second. Predictive policing software estimates where future crimes could happen, and facial recognition technology can identify a single person in a crowd. Policing without the police. Law enforcement agencies say these technologies streamline and enhance police work to help keep us safe. It's all, thank goodness everything's here to keep us safe and happy and better and all that, eh? Isn't that one? Don't you feel nice and fuzzy? That everything around you say to keep you safe and happy and for your own good. Uh, without you having any say in the matter, but it's all done for you. Just take their word for it. But social justice activists, citizens, computer scientists, and even companies that develop surveillance tech worry about invasion of privacy and wrongful arrests. Well, the robots won't care. They'll just gun you down and try and sue them. (laughs) Ruha Benjamin, associate professor of African-American studies at Princeton University and author of Race After Technology, Abolitionist Tools for the New Jim Code, it says, says with technology, law enforcement agencies can police without the police. It warns that the calls to defund police departments could lead to more surveillance through the use of technology. Well, I'm glad she's caught on to that one, because that's the purpose of it, folks. And this article goes on and on. And it uh, gives you more to do with, like, shot spotter deployed as gunfire detection technology in more than 100 cities. That's been out for a while, that one, I think. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Less than 1% of the population is responsible for two-thirds of the shootings nationally, says Sam Klepper, shot spotter, senior vice president of marketing and products. There's another article somewhere, too, that mentioned about these cameras on top of the all the lampposts now and and um, how incredibly uh, much they're used by the authorities. It's just astonishing, folks, just astonishing, uh, used all the time. Except for when they're, they've got these these guys walking around at night or, or driving around motorbikes just shooting folk for the fun of it. They seem to never get to catch them. It's, that's the way it works. This is a, an interest. I, I am a culture leech. And that's, that's a statement by an African-American history professor at George Washington University. I admit she's been pretending to be black her entire career in online confession. I thought this was a joke when I read it, but it's not. So, um, she lied about being black her entire career. It says, Krug, an African-American history professor, um, deceiving her friends and colleagues, she said that the blog post that she is, uh, on her own blog post, that she's white, she's Jewish, and was raised in Kansas City. It's reminiscent of the scandal involving Rachel Dolezal, former NAACP leader, who was exposed in 2015 as a white woman pretending to be black. And it goes on and on. But I tell you, some folk catch on very quickly with the way the wind blows. They can get good careers, you see. It may be the only careers that folk can get eventually, these kind of things, unless you belong to a particular group. I really mean that. I've said that for years. Uh, another one, too, is a woman who worked for um, the Ministry of Justice. Her name was Dr. Catherine Hopkins, formerly a Ministry of Justice researcher, is now employed by HM Revenue and Customs, and is currently accused of paying a schoolboy who was age of, what, 11 or, th- no, maybe 13 or some 14 and 15 for sex. Eh? So there's the government. I guess it's okay when women do it, though, because they don't make a big fuss about it. I guess the guy couldn't pay his taxes and she was just getting it off the kid or something. Who knows? I mean, uh, 
there you go. San Diego smart streetlight spark surveillance reform. Camera equipped street lamps were supposed to gather traffic data. Who's kidding who they were supposed to gather traffic data? Their video footage went to police now. Lawmakers are pushing back, it says. And it gives a good article about it and how they're using it um, constantly, all these cameras, and listening to what you say too, yada, yada, yada. And they always have these privacy commissioners who say, you know, it's not really a good thing, you know, but they always say that as they keep expanding them, eh? Uh, Downing Street in Britain plans new digital ID cards for British citizens as Dominic Cummings bids to transform government's use of data despite privacy fears. Well, if you can't fight back, folks, and say no, then you've had it. Hmm? They tried to get this through, by the way, digital ID after 9-11 happened in the States. And they tried to get that in Britain too at the times. But here they go. They always get what they want eventually. Get the right crisis. If you can't get the right crisis, you simply create it. And that's what you're living through right now, folks. Hmm? Now, I'm not quite finished yet, but remember going to cuttingthroughmarriage.com again. I always say this every, uh, hopefully once an hour, to remind folk. Because I lose track of what I'm saying too when it comes to asking for help or donations, and it's necessary that I really get them to keep going. It really is. Because believe you me, I don't have time for anything else, and I'm not selling you anything. But uh, I'll put these articles up, as I've mentioned, and uh, I want to also just mention some, if I can find these links for other YouTubes here. As I mentioned before, the, the Powell's auction, which they called it too, that one for the for the FCC, and for the 5G and so on, 3.5 gigs as well. Uh, it wraps up, raised more than $4.58 billion at the auction, it says. COVID-gate, the political virus is called. Global research, I mentioned Juzadovsky. I'll, uh, I'll bring that one up too. And also, improving the state of the world, World Economic Forum. And the one by the doctor, this woman doctor, who... I think it was her name was Malage, was it Malage? I'll put it up regardless and you'll see it. She's a good talker and puts the facts across quite openly uh, about COVID-19 and the, and the farce of it all too. Again, that's another one, one of many, eh? And why the COVID lockdowns are gunning for Dr. Atlas is another one too. This is a new doctor by Ron Paul Forum. I'll put that one up as well. And also the man that you actually see an interview with the guy who shot the guy with the Trump hats. You know, he murdered him in cold blood. And he says in an actual interview before he was killed himself by the cops recently, that he acted in self-defense. Well, they actually show you the video and uh, it's up there too. And, and, you know, he went up to the fellow and just shot him twice in the chest. It wasn't self-defense. You know, he went looking for him. And man pepper sprayed and arrested on a train for not wearing a face mask. Eh? And the Spanish doctor tells, again, the one I mentioned before, it's awfully good to see the Spanish doctor telling the facts on the television as the TV folk who are trying to get him to go along with the con I get angry at him. It was quite interesting to see that. And another guy on a, on a subway I mentioned before. There's so, so much out there you can actually spend your time on YouTube. If you can, you've got good speed on YouTube, I guess you can spend your whole life just watching stuff. And that's not what I want to do, but uh, I'd like to get some of them at least to show you 
uh, what's going on. And, and these are your police, remember. If you ever went to a different system after this, which is doubtful, you'll never get to a, a, anything, any, anything resembling normalcy. Fauci said it right off the bat back in February, remember, even January. I'll never be the same again. He knew it was coming because it was planned this way years before. This is not the COVID is the excuse for this. A big change for your entire way of living, folks. The global reset, right? So don't forget that for a second. And another con too. This is a beautiful con with the media in Australia is on board. The Australian public wants a COVID jail. So this percentage is with a poll. Eh? Well, sure they did. Sure, shows the proof. Shows the people who really signed it. <laughs> Nonsense, absolute rubbish. And uh, and again, as I say, you'll see the one peppered sprayed and arrested on a train for not wearing a face mask. Uh, that's your that's your cops for you. The cops will never, if you ever get out of this, any under or come away in any different system, you must never forget what the cops have done. Never forget. You you, you and these folk must be found and fired. Uh, try, actually, find them and at the very least find them and even even charge them for bodily harm on people. And find them too, and then put them in prison or something, because you can't let them off with what they're doing. It's the same in the military. In the military, you know it's a lawful order, and and soldiers have their rights. They will suffer for refusing to 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 to, to actually follow an order that they, they deem uh, under humanitarian reasons is not lawful, like going to slaughter a bunch of folk that are prisoners. I mean, you, you, you can say no, and yeah, you'll suffer. But it's the same in the police too. The police have no right to go in and just. The same police, as I say, that have ignored hordes of people going through streets, topping statues and attacking buildings and so on, and have stood by and did nothing. Well, 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 a horde of cops will, will turn on one person here and there, just like the folk, as I've mentioned before, that, that they want to go and follow uh, a woman and rape her. You know, they, they, they sense something about them. They're helpless or whatever. I don't know what it is, but it's the same with these cops. They're just like the gangs you're seeing jumping on old folk and so on. It's the same mentality at play here. Easy targets. They should be utterly, utterly ashamed of themselves for what they've been doing and what they've not been doing when they should have been doing things too. Uh, It's disgusting. But again, we're living in an utterly corrupt system. And I'll put up all these links again tonight. And I hope you all hang in there. Don't don't give up, folks. Don't forget, and it's not over yet. And they haven't won. And uh, you do have the right to say no. And you should start saying no. To, to a lot of different things that are going on. You've got to start doing it. And the very least you can do is, is voice your opinion of things. You've got to start doing it because what's coming down the pike is a horror story. It's not going to be a way of living anymore, It'll be a way of existing, but not living. Because your new masters, your masters actually, they've been here for a long time and kept a bit quieter in the past, but now they're out in the open, demanding you follow their strategies that they've all planned for you to follow. Uh, as we all die off, basically. And yeah, they've got time to, to allow us, they don't have to kill us quickly, they can make vaccinations, and you might see that in a very sudden increase in cancers, they'll keep that quiet too, because the press are all prostitutes, anyway. utter, utter disgusting prostitutes. They really are. Disgusting. They should all be caught too eventually and tried for, for, for the, the incredible deception that they've purposely and deliberately played upon the public, in collusion with the tyrants above us.
Absolutely, folks. The horror has been inflicted. It's just, it, can be, it cannot be forgiven. No, no way. But remember, as I said before, make sure you have a few people. Not many. You don't need many. And, and you swear and vow to help each other no matter what happens. As times get tougher and tougher and tougher with all the restrictions that are going to come. Because very few folk are going to get out of this just on their own, you know, or through it on their own. You only have a few people. And you've got to start finding other ways to communicate with each other. Because you're all, just like them in Australia, where they're, they're watching on social media, they're watching their emails and their chit-chat and their, their texting, and they're going to arrest them. And some of the women, I mentioned that last week, you saw one, they came to her, to her, her home, and she opened the garage door and they thought, she says, how did you come find me anyway? I mean, because you see, they're sure they're, they're watching all your texting and everything. You're in a totalitarian system that you very quickly adapted into thinking it was normal. And it was given to you for the purposes that you're seeing now. It was given to you from the very beginning the reasons you're seeing now. So start using your your meatloaf, as they say, your head, eh? It's awfully important, because hell's coming down. And back to the old demon idea, you can decide what they are for yourselves. I don't see a human uh, as being someone as arrogant and just just physically, on a, a humanistic level, utterly evil as they are, without seeing something else in them. There's something definitely there, folks. You can decide for yourselves, they're just evil people. That's up to you. But you are, you are seeing openly the tyrants of history all combined right now in your face. Some of them are hidden behind psychology. You know, we're here to help you. Etc. Others are just straightforward telling you you're going to do what, you, what we tell you or else. You're seeing all of it now. The evil it is, is tangible. You can feel it. And it's up to you to stand against it. Evil needs your cooperation to triumph. What was it Como said? The man who, 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 put, who knows how many old folk to their deaths by, by threatening all the, uh, the aged homes to take in infected patients. They're infecting all the rest. To get the numbers up, and the money, of course, fantastic money. There's a cutthroat evil person right in front of you, right there, right there. But what, you, what did he say afterwards when, when it was, he was asked about this during some little, it wasn't even an inquiry, it was a press meeting. He says, well, don't get me wrong. He says, I can't do anything. I can't make you do anything. I can, I can, he says, I didn't make you and I can't make you do anything. He's right there. It's just that you all went along with it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So stick in there. Don't give up hope, folks. And that, that definitely, there's a, if there's evil, there's always another side, huh? To e- utter evil she, Of course there is Of course there is You all know that so, Obviously they're afraid of it too They've been trying to ban it for, for centuries <laughs> Their opposition to it Of course they have 
Don't forget that. Don't ever forget that. You're never really on your own. You know? So take care, and, and I enjoy reading the emails that can come in here and floods. I, I, I don't always get to back to every single person, but I do read them, because this is just um, it's a massive avalanche of email, and um, it's, I, it's how I get to, it's very good intelligence coming from all over the world and what people experience themselves. It's very interesting. From myself, Alan Watt, Frontier, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God's school with you.